1: From the bell tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast.
0: Welcome back once again, ladies and gentlemen, to the live edition of the Break the Bell Podcast. Hello, beautiful bell breakers. I've like lost track how many it is at this point. Like, we yeah. hit our one year, then we hit our 100 episodes, oh, and now right. it's just like. Welcome to one of many Break the Bell <laughs> yeah, Podcast right. episodes. That's true, we've lost track. Yeah, we've gotten past that. We never were ones that were like, Welcome to episode one hundred and twenty three right,
1: right. of the Break the Bell Podcast. So I suppose that when you stop counting, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I keep track because I put the number mm-hmm. on the podcast. So, okay. I number them when I so at, at some point I will know this week. But yeah. It's as far it's like when you hit like age thirty, mm-hmm. it's like you stop <laughs> counting. And people are like, oh, it's your birthday. It's like, oh, oh, that Uh, thing again. Yeah. At that point, I think once you hit 25, you celebrate like every five years, like 25. Then you're 30. Then you're 35. And then after that, it's just like, I don't want another fucking birthday because I'm just that much closer to 40. It's like, stop celebrating my birthday. So not that that's applies here, I don't want to stop. I'm marching towards 50. Good God, man. (laughs) You're fucking old. I know, right? I saw a post, somebody had said that their wife had turned 30 and he was like, my wife got pissed because I told her she was three quarters of the way to 40. <laughs> so we are, I think by podcast standards, I think we're up there. Yeah, sort it's of like dog's age. age, isn't it? Yeah, I think like so. Like seven years for every year. So yeah. We're... Well, I think, that, what was it? We had said at the beginning, the average mm. survival rate is like seven episodes yeah, yeah. and we're well past the seven episode yes. mark. Um, I was on the Rebel With A Cause podcast last week, mm-hmm. last weekend, and he was celebrating his five-year, and he celebrated by doing a five-hour podcast. Crazy. Uh, I didn't do oh, five yeah. hours with him. I just jumped in yeah. for an hour and left. But uh, go check out Rebel With the Cause and tell him happy birthday, because,
1: I mean, that that's a pretty big that's That's feat. a nice milestone.
0: Yeah. So, we are almost halfway, we're about halfway to... Yeah, because yeah, we've right. hit yeah. two years. You're... We're almost halfway. Damn, to five has years. it been two years? It's been Jeez. two years back in June. Yes. Wow, that's so crazy. time flies. It does. We have been doing this, and we still keep coming up with things to talk about. Wow. Whether it's what's going on in the world, or just something interesting that we want right. to talk about that could probably be applied, kind of like today's episode,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is totally. Right field, left. I, I don't even like using those terms anymore. Yeah, like, no. oh, it's just way off left field right, right, because right. it just Yeah. So I'll be p- like, what do you mean left? Yeah. <laughs> with the political connotations. Oh, it's it's right field. Oh, you're a, you're Trump yeah. support. No, it's just not center field. Right. I can't even say that. <laughs> it, it's not typical of what we talk about. It's right. not something like current. Yeah. It's more of something that took place that was really shitty in yeah. the past. That is ongoing. It is still ongoing yeah. to this day, not so publicly now, but no, but it's, it's still never sitting been publicly. out there um that is we'll just keep talking about it without saying what yes it is. Um, we'll silent like
1: e- elude to it,
0: <laughs> yes, no it's the uh kind of the mistreatment I uh, kinda the mistreatment of the na- Native Americans specifically, I want to focus on like the nineteen hundreds because sure. we all have. Read about the atrocities of the 1800s. Right, yeah, and the, the smallpox, the Trail of Tears, yeah, the, the Andrew Jackson years. The butchering, the, yeah. the genocide. The wounded knee,
1: the the horrendous and all the hundreds of uh, me- Medal of Honors that went out to those yes. soldiers that massacred them. <laughs> Custer's last stand, all all those fun yeah. ones. Well, Custer's last stand was a win for the Indians. Yes,
0: <laughs> but, but we all know those stories. Yeah. Um, that was after Custer like obliterated people in no, their sleep yeah. right and lied to them and like it was known to just ride through town and be like hey it was victory you should have seen how sleepy yeah. they were at the time when i right. butchered them in their sleep but we're talking i'm focused more on the 1900s because there was still kind of a sense of kind of an amount of what you would call cultural genocide yeah where you're not necessarily killing the people but you're either a preventing them from reproducing or b yeah. you're just obliterating their culture, right? Yeah, and all of this just happens to be, in my opinion, happened to be in the name of progress, right? And you hear pro- progress just sounds like a happy thing and a good thing, and right. um, like it's moving forward, it's like quote unquote improving. But uh, when you look at examples like what happened to the Native Americans, what's happening mm-hmm. to like other. Uh, developing nations right now other uh like older cultures that haven't developed to our level um how we just how corporations super countries whatever uh colonialism just mows over them in the name of uh progress it's Mm -hmm. like hey you're in the way of progress uh sorry you either get on board or (laughs) you're fucked um and so it i i just Stumbled across some stuff about this, and it got my wheels spinning. So I was just like, you know what? We might as well talk about it on here instead of me just yeah. spin my wheels over it yeah. um, by myself. So uh, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about like what lengths people will go to to, <laughs> in the name yeah. of their progression. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like progressivism, like wokeism. I, right. I, I mean, it does go. It can go there. Like we can. I'll probably talk some about the climate movement and stuff and how it's moving it's mowing over. We talked last mm. week about the farmers that mm. that are getting mowed over in right. the Netherlands because yeah. they're not keeping up with progress. They're right. not fulfilling these standards, these quote unquote progressive standards um towards climate change and their their way of life is just right. being obliterated as we know it. And I mean, you can make comparisons to that and the things that happened to the Native Americans in like the 1930s through now probably. So right. Yeah. And I know you have experience, not mm-hmm. necessarily experience, but you have background because you right. have uh relatives, like yeah. full, full, full blown Native Americans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not the fake kind, but the the real yeah. ones. Right. right. Not the Elizabeth Warren Native <laughs> Americans, <laughs> yeah, but great. you got the the real <laughs> real yeah. legit Native Americans. So I'm sure you have something to say about that once we get yeah. into this too. Before we get into it obviously we got to make mention our sponsors that is the delicious coffee fix of freedom that is run your mouth coffee they make a much better coffee than what i am drinking tonight <laughs> i hap- i ran out of my typical coffee that sits on my counter and my wife brought home this package of like prepackaged shit from work and i made it and i regret it now it's pretty bad so yeah. do not Do not be subjected to shitty coffee. (laughs) Go to run your mouth coffee, ryamcoffee.com. support a company that also supports your free speech, your individual rights and freedoms and all those things. You're right to be able to come on a show like this for two and a half years and uh, talk about nonsense and not get censored, not get ostracized from uh, humanity as we know it. Um, Uh, Not be considered uh, uh, obstacles of progression. (laughs) Which or yet <laughs> or yet, <laughs> but Run Your Mouth Coffee doesn't want uh, that to happen to no. us. So that's what's great about them: support companies that support your rights. Go to rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using the promo code Break the Bell, and you'll get ten percent off your purchase plus free shipping, and you'll get much better coffee than this wife work prepackaged bullshit that's in this <laughs> cup today. But you gotta have caffeine in some form. So exactly. uh, I won't. I won't make it through the show if we don't. So that's disgusting go to rymcoffee.com that is all that's that's just my promo it's just like this is not run your mouth coffee it's disgusting go to rymcoffee.com
1: that's it i I like that advertising like methodology there yeah you like that it's my marketing major go get some run your mouth coffee.
0: <laughs> My marketing major yeah. going to good use right there. So, <laughs> rymcoffee.com. So, we're going to get into this. Do you got anything left like to preface in this intro about this topic? Did you do much research or do you just have your own um, background knowledge? a lot
1: of background just because I ran late at work, but I, I you know, I I did study quite a bit about it and I do have some personal stuff and um yeah, but it is a shitty situation and is probably the in America, the the if you want to see a, a defeated per people and defeated on purpose, right? And, right, and not just not just beaten back, but like their soul ripped out of them. And fortunately, I mean there there are movements now to kind of recapture some of that culture, right? Um, but um, but how much of it? Is was, left uh, to cap- there's a lot recapture. of capture. Well, I mean it's they're digging deep. I mean they they they've managed to to find ways to pass languages and and different traditions, but there's a lot of scars there and there's oh, yeah. a long way back and um like i said if you if you've ever you know been curious to see what a third world country looks like or or a war zone go to a reserve because yeah, right. um it well, it is shocking
0: yeah um would you how in comparison to the holocaust mm-hmm. what what where would you put what happened to the native americans i I would say um, i don't know the total numbers but i know there were like tens of millions here and now they're down to
1: like tens of thousands maybe hundreds of thousands yeah i I, I would say i mean and it was stretched out much more over time Mm. so it's not as in your face just right smack in your face but but if you stretch it out over time and again it's it's still happening you know and so it's it's something that i mean again I mean, it, it, it's Potter. It's the the bottom one percent, sure, economically, probably the bottom one percent of one percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And um, you know, and there's no, there's been no real movements towards Mm-mm. doing anything, but at the other part of it, there's so much distrust yeah in, oh, right i mean i can't
0: imagine why right right
1: exactly so and, and plus culturally you know what little culture they have left they, they're very protective of mm-hmm. you know so
0: yeah they don't want to get fucked over for uh right
1: ten thousand. Yeah, right no oh, no no we're here to help yeah, yeah no, you no, said that. that you, heard you that, said right, that yeah.
0: 100 years ago 300 yeah. years ago 600 yeah you keep saying that right i i don't know how many times we gotta put it we, we gotta trust this before right. you yeah. finally follow through with it but yeah um again I think all of it, anything is going to have some kind of agenda tagged yeah. on it, whether it's a political motivation. Like, well, we just want them to vote for us, you know, right. like like the left is with the the African-Americans or whether it's like, well, we just want to boost this economy. So it helps mm. with, you know, there's always that. Right. Yeah, that. um Personal agenda that's attached mm-hmm. to it, so I don't know. We'll get into it. Yeah, we're getting into this intro video, and then we'll 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 talk about this. Make sure you check us out all over the social medias. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, MeWe, wherever you can name. We're probably there. We don't necessarily hang out there, but if you want to hang out there, let us know, and we'll hang out more. Yes. Um, our handle is at Break the Bell Pod on most of those. Otherwise, just look up Break the Bell Podcast on whichever platform. And you'll probably find us uh check us out share it like subscribe all that fun happy bullshit let's get into the show okay let's do it
1: what did you say you talking to me what what the heck are you talking about what did you say what did you say what did you say are you talking to me are you talking to me are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you say? What did you say?
0: Are you talking to me? Well maybe,
1: he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me baby. What oh, 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 did you just say? What did you say? He listen to me. Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to?
0: Uh, I don't know what's going on with the music. But it's working now. We're back. We need to get back in the habit of doing this twice a week so I don't forget what i'm doing yeah. from week to week
1: we're, we're almost there we're almost there yes so this
0: might seem like old news but the reason why i came up with this is actually because of something that actually took place in the news last week and what well, you remember so this is just a recap of something that happened last year remember last year mm-hmm. uh all these mass graves were discovered supposedly discovered in canada mm-hmm. around the uh the old resident schools yeah. And I was like, "Holy shit! They're actually talking about this. This right. is shit that conspiracy theorists have talked about for a long time, mm-hmm. because there's ties with the Queen of England and stuff." Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. um, not yeah. that that's what this show is, but I could do a whole show on that. Oh, that would be fun. Yes, we might get it. Maybe if we get time, we'll talk about why this applies to the Queen of England <laughs> and baby eating and <laughs> blood sucking and all that shit. So, uh, I mean, we gotta we gotta end on a light note like that. Absolutely. So. But uh, just last week, apparently, the Pope finally got around to making his trip to Canada to apologize for for all this shit that supposedly hmm. went down. Let me kill the music.
1: How'd that go over?
0: Um, we'll get into it. I think it right. says some stuff. like There's plenty of people that were like, uh, your apology is not enough yeah, <laughs> to, right. to make up for century, right. a century of yeah. abuse. Uh, so the reason why it applies to the Pope is because of these Canadian residential schools. And this isn't just subject to Canada. This just happens to be where the story mm-hmm. takes place. Because the U.S. had their own resident schools yeah, and stuff, too. So I'll, I'll get into what those residential schools are. It sounds all happy. Hey, we're going to educate the, oh, yeah. the indigenous people here, the... Yeah. Is it indigenous? Is it aboriginal? Is it, like, what are we calling them? It depends on the part of the world. I'll go with indigenous. Okay, I think Canadians call them aboriginal. Yeah. uh, Because they're They're also
1: part of that that, uh, British-Australian... French. Yes.
0: (laughs) Collaborative. (laughs) Right, right. So this article says, the Pope meets with Native American leaders and apologizes for Canadian residential school abuse. Let me pull this one up. So this is from... uh, the thechristianpost.com haven't mm. done any from them but interesting it actually dug into the story a little bit it says pope francis apologized to the indigenous communities in canada for alleged abuses at government supported catholic residential schools as he met with native american leaders on monday so so you got to realize government supported catholic schools in canada aren't the same as government supported Independence, like, private schools here. Like, Catholic school here is a private school. Right. Catholic school in Canada, like, church... Right. Or or the other one was, uh, I think, the United Church of Canada or something like that. Right. It was, like, state-sponsored church, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, the Church of England was basically the United mm-hmm. Church of Canada yeah. one. So it was a combo both that United Church and then also the Catholic Church. They were both in mm-hmm. on this, but they were, had a lot stronger ties to the Canadian government than... Uh, like a church does here today. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's still ties here today, but but right. it's more state-sponsored than you'd think of a Christian right. school here. Yeah. says, as part of his official trip to Canada, the pontiff addressed representatives of Native American tribes in Canada, including many survivors of the residential school system. He says, I'm here because the first step of my penitential pilgrimage among you is that of again asking forgiveness, of telling you once more that I am deeply sorry, said the Pope, who issued an initial apology earlier this year. I ask forgiveness in particular for the ways in which many members of the Catholic Church and of religious communities cooperated, not least through their indifference in projects of cultural destruction and forced assimilation promoted by the governments at the time, which culminated in the system of residential schools." That almost seems lackluster compared to actually what was going on there. Right, yeah. Like, yes, there was a big part of these schools was assimilated, mm-hmm. assimilating them into, like, white Christian society. Right. And, like, taking the native out of the, the native.
1: Right. And that I believe that was almost their exact slogan. Yeah, it was basically...
0: <laughs> it was... Kill the Indian to save the man right, was yeah. their slogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, kill their Indianness, yeah. so and, and, we don't have to kill them as a person. Right.
1: <laughs> and these schools, I mean, they they did go all through North America. Yeah. So I mean, and uh, the French missionaries that you know originally went there, you know, their job or you know was to spread Catholicism. You know, was it to Catholicism the or
0: was it smallpox?
1: <laughs> well, it's a little bit of the same thing. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> says
0: um while francis noted that christian charity was not absent in the residential school system and that there were many outstanding instances of devotion and care for children he concluded that the overall effects of the policies linked to the residential schools were catastrophic so basically it's just like i will admit there was a little bit of chocolate in that shit right. <laughs> yeah so you can't say it was all bad cuz yeah. there was some chocolate sprinkled yeah. on that right. shit but overall i'd have to say it was primarily yeah, well, shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, d- did you or did you not take kids from their families, um, cut their hair, you know, strip them of any kind of cultural identity, beat Re- them if they... Spoke their native language, right, or if they hugged their brothers and sisters, right, yeah, anything like right, that. Right, absolutely. I mean, that completely, again, tried to take the, the savage out of the man, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous.
0: He, says, he goes on to say, What our Christian faith tells us, is that this was a disastrous error incompatible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's painful to think of how the firm soil of values, language, and culture that made up the authentic identity of your people was eroded, and that
1: you have continued to pay the price for this. Can can we be honest and say that the Catholic Church has been shit for a long time, (laughs) even past this? So I would say, I mean, when you look at a lot of popes, even through the Dark Ages, they were Mm. not stellar people. No.
0: So to say, many, well,
1: this was a dark day in our church. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. A dark day of many days. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Ha- how many light days are there? Yeah, apparently? I was like, maybe you should start counting those. It's like
0: <laughs> winter in Alaska. There's right, not too yeah. many bright days. <laughs> Sorry if you're Catholic out there, but yeah. th- this happened. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it wasn't? It's not us... Making shit up, this happened. Yes. The pontiff also said he considered the apology to be not the end of the matter, but rather the starting point, which would include a serious investigation into the facts of what took place in the past And to assist the survivors of the residential schools to
1: experience healing from the traumas they suffered. Again, why would they want that from you? It's like, please, please just leave us alone. We can fix you. We can make it better.
0: (laughs) And how much of this is going to be... I'd I'd like to know how this serious investigation is going to go down. Like, is it going to be, hey, let's, let's put all the cards out on the table um, if it comes, whatever comes out, it comes right. out. Yeah. Uh, whatever we find, we're going to make public right. knowledge. Like whether investigating it, the pedophiles. Yes. Right? Wh- whether it, uh, whether it is another one, uh, yet another stain on the Catholic church or whether it doesn't make us look so bad. We're, we're just going to mm-hmm. lay it all out. Or is it going to be an investigation that covers up a lot of the shit right. that's out there? Because we know from past experience, like you said, the pedophile situation. Yeah. How much of that was covered up and covered up and known, and uh, priests would just get moved around from Mm -hmm. uh, church to church just because, oh, (laughs) you had a problem with
1: little Jimmy over there. Well, we'll send him over there. Little Jimmy's not there, but Sammy is. (laughs) Yes.
0: So we just move him around and pay people off and stuff and keep it it quiet. I mean, it isn't until the people really get outspoken and vocal about it and demand that— information yeah. come out that they actually come out and they're like oh yeah this this stuff was happening right oh yeah and these people are responsible for covering it up oh yeah this pope might have uh helped cover stuff up so maybe he's going to have to retire because he's old right, <laughs> right. so i yeah it's just like how much of that is going to actually come to light right. and it speaking of pedophiles it's kind of like the the jeffrey epstein trial right. it's like well, we know all this stuff's happening. We know yeah. a lot. All this stuff was being allowed to happen. Let's get the main person that did it and just
1: brush the rest of it. Right? The yeah, rug. we're still waiting to see. Okay, who were all the high profile clients?
0: Yeah, who's gonna fall on the sword for right the the schools here? Because there's yeah. all that, it's not, it can't just be narrowed down to one bad guy like yeah. Jeffrey Epstein. Right. Uh, it. I mean,
1: this you're talking hundreds of schools. But and, I promise you, that's what they're gonna try to end up bringing it to. Oh, it was Monsignor Francis that it was, was in charge of the whole area. Um, but he's dead now. So, uh, so but at least we know him, so we're going to strike his name out of the book of, of popery. <laughs> Something. The book of popery. I think that's
0: exactly what it's called. So I was telling you before the show started, I watched this documentary, and this is why I feel this investigation is probably not going to go too far, because I watched this doc documentary. It's called Unrepentant Kevin Annette and Canada's genocide. So basically, this this pastor went and got this job at this little tiny church of like 20 people up in, uh, somewhere in Canada. I don't know. They're all the same place. Uh, Somewhere in Canada. Small town in Canada. And he noticed when he first started, like on his first day, he's like, this town is like 30%... Indigenous people, 30% Natives, not Native, Native Canadians? Do they call them Native Canadians? That's a great question. (laughs) Aborigines (laughs) people is what he called them. So he started asking, he's like, look, 30% of this town is Native. Why are there no Natives in church? And the white people there were like, look, they keep to themselves, we keep to ourselves. We all just learn to get along that way. Uh, We don't bother them, they don't bother us. And he's like, oh, well, all right. So... Couple of weeks went by, he starts like bumping into natives out in town, starts talking to them and asking, Hey, I get, we got this church here. Why why aren't you? Why do no natives go to it? And it, it had come out that it's like, Hey, we, we still are very, very hurt by what? Because that was the United Church of Canada.
1: Okay. Was the, what is that, is that based was off of like it. the the Anglian church? Is that kind of like a branch? I think branch so. That? Yeah. Okay. That's
0: why I said, I think it's a branch of the Church of England. Gotcha. Okay. So it is. The Church of Canada, I'm pretty sure. Um, Doesn't sound exciting. No, not at all. Um, so it came out, hey, um, and he's just like, I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't know about kids being disappeared at mm-hmm. these schools, like hundreds of kids that just never returned home. Nobody told them what happened to them. He's like, I, I don't know any of this stuff. So he started having them come to church, and then he'd have, an, it's like, Church version of open mic night. Um, it would, he'd do like an open pulpit thing where people could get up and give their like uh, express their feelings or whatever. Preconceptions, yeah, stuff. Yeah. okay. And so the stuff started coming out, and people had a plat, literally a platform to to express their the generational hurts from yeah. these schools. I mean, you're talking this was '94, I think. So you're talking okay. people that actually experienced the schools, not not mm-hmm. like ki- children of those, right? These people back in the 50s and 60s went to these schools. And so they have firsthand knowledge and firsthand uh, recounts of what actually happened there. And some of them witnessed kids being thrown out of like second story windows just for like speaking their native language. A kid got like kicked in the side of the head and his neck got broken. He died right there in front of them. And they're like, all right, just step over him and go to class. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So this pastor starts you know kind of getting the word out there like hey what what's this all about i hadn't heard this stuff what is this right. all about and so he went to this meeting it's like the meeting of the pastors like the the super super senate of the pastors gotcha. or something i don't know just all the pastors of that church would get together annually i think and have a meeting and so he brought it up he's like hey what's this i'm hearing about this this and this about these schools and he kind of got brushed under the rug And then a guy who's more senior than him came up to him, sat down with like a sly grin, and he was like, "You know, you should just be a good pastor and do good pastor things, and just be a pastor, and basically shut the fuck up,
1: leave well enough." Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. This is not something you want to get into, right? Shannon says hello, favorite children. Thank you, Shannon. I don't think I've ever been called a favorite child. (laughs) She calls us favorite children every. Does she say favorite children? I don't know. Close enough. Shannon, it's good to have you on. Bill is all <laughs> flustered with your comment, and he's knocking his mic over now. So, this pastor starts like asking about and asking questions, and nobody wants to do anything. And he keeps pushing the issue, and so I think he ended up like going to the press. And there was other stuff involved um, with the schools too. I can't remember exactly, mm-hmm. but it basically came down to it's like, um, yeah, one one week they were just like, and he had grown this, like, church to, like, hundreds of people from 20. And he got this letter saying, hey, (laughs) effective immediately, you're done at that church. You need to go do some retraining, and um, then maybe we'll place you, we'll decide if we're going to place you at another church. And he's like, dude, okay, what the fuck? So he didn't like that, and he kept making more noise. And it ended up coming, they ended up defrocking him. They ended up... Giving him the Scientologist treatment, they went to his family and his wife, and he had two kids, I think, and basically talked, like, convinced her that he was crazy, like mentally unstable. She ended up divorcing him and taking the kids and using his mental instability, which was, um.
1: So wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, the, yeah, you okay? You said United Church of Canada, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. When think, you said wife, I was like, wait, what? And then, yeah, yeah. he's not a priest; right. he's gotcha. okay. uh, a, a minister. Okay,
0: so. She leaves him. The church is somebody from the church, I think, was like a character witness and basically expressed, like, convinced them that he was mentally unfit to have children. So mm. she got, co- I mean, it just destroyed wow. his freaking life. And it went on, like, he kept pushing it and they kept covering it up and stuff. And that, so that's why I'm like, really, an investigation? How's that going to go? Because we saw how, um, I mean, this went right. all the way to the top of right. these churches. I mean, he had a, like documents that he got out of national archives hmm. of because I mean they would just document some of this this hor- right. horrible oh, yeah, stuff, I'm some sure. of the horrible experiments and stuff. And he found them. I mean, it's public documents, and he found them. And there's a video. Some this was before the days of cell phone, but he was doing like a. He was out doing, like, a protest thing, and he was, like, holding up these different documents and stuff, and he had a briefcase there. And you see two guys that were church guys come from the background, and they go and grab documents out of his briefcase and just, like, disappear. But it's all on camera, so they know he did it. (laughs) And so, I mean, it was just big, massive cover-up for years and years. And finally... Well, they... We're considering defrocking him for a while. And then finally it came out like, hey, he basically went on a trial, like a church trial. But it was like almost a legal proceeding. They just like slammed his character and just smeared mm. him all over. And it was in the press and stuff. Yeah. And um, it happened to be right at that time, all these lawsuits were dropping from the Native community. So that's why they're like, we can't uh, have this guy uh, here while this is going on at the sense. same time. So... Wow. I mean, just a big cover up, just yeah. a big mess. So I mean, like I said, that was called Unrepentant. Mm-hmm. It's on, you can get that, it off. I mean, Amazon that was Prime. nearly
1: what, um, like thirty years ago. Has anything come up?
0: That's it? about twenty years ago now. I think it was about in the mid two thousands that something oh, okay. started. like stuff started coming back up and they started doing something and they started apologizing and um I mean he's still defrocked a a disgraced guy not that i don't i don't think he'd want to go back no why would you want to exactly but yeah i think (laughs) after 10 years of fighting like he ended up like joining forces with i can't remember if it was it was some like ngo chick like amnesty international or something like that they ended up going to the u.n and having a tribunal through the UN oh, wow. to to look into this stuff, yeah, um, on like genocide, like mm-hmm. cultural genocide charges and stuff, and it was just like, oh my gosh, this guy. Documentary is great for the most part, but then it started getting into like poor me because of right. his. I mean, yeah, that's a shitty situation. Yeah. But then he started comparing his experience with the experience of the natives, and right. I'm just like, yeah, eh, you lost me there. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yes, that sucks, but I yeah. can't. Don't think <clears throat> you can compare getting fired. Huh. And ostracized from the church to what happened to the natives for right. the last se- several <laughs> yeah. centuries. So that's
1: what do you crazy. Think? yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure there's there's been other type stories like that where people have tried to come out and expose things. and you know, people either didn't take them serious, they got discredited or they just got disappeared.
0: Well, I think he said like even a lot of his friends in the church, because, like I said, he had a lot of support in the church but once he got like it wasn't even just defrocked once he he was like excommunicated from the church and once that started going down all those church members just like pulled back like we don't want anything to do with this we don't want to be associated with you and get no. kicked out of the church as well so i mean it was just a shit situation well, i mean it's like why would you want to be involved in a church like that anyways you know i don't know i blows my mind but hmm. so this article talks a little bit more about the schools it's called "Inside the Brutal History of the Indigenous Residential Schools in Canada," and again, this isn't just in Canada. So right. you can apply this yeah. to your your flag fell. I knew that. was um, You can apply this to the residential schools in the United States, too. Absolutely, yeah. I think the United States stopped theirs sooner than Canadians because the Canadian schools went all the way. This says till 1996. Yeah, that's crazy. So probably up till he started making noise, and they're like, yeah. uh, "We should probably close these down."
1: Yeah, I think that. Um you know, in the 70s, uh, there was a, what was it? The, um, oh gosh, there was a Native American group. I can't remember the name of them, but they, they took over a federal building oh, okay. and held it hostage until they were, like, recognized.
0: I see. Yeah,
1: that doesn't surprise me.
0: It says from 1883 to 1996, nearly 150,000 Indigenous children were forcibly taken away from their parents and sent to Canadian residential schools where they faced horrific abuse. So this wasn't like, Hey, uh we got this mission here. We got these schools you want to send your kids here. It was like government ordered that they go and get displaced from their homes, right? From their families, from their tribes yeah. and put in these Catholic or Christian schools to like like we said assimilate like mm-hmm. you, you we don't want you to be that anymore. We want you to be this. It says for over a century Canada held a dark open secret. All across the country, officials forcibly took nearly 150,000 indigenous children away from parents and sent them off to abusive residential schools. These schools, which operated from 1883 to 1996, banned students from speaking their native language or practicing their cultural beliefs. Many of the students faced systemic abuse on a regular basis, even worse, some children mysteriously vanished on the school grounds. Thousands of kids, some estimate ranges from 10,000 to 50,000, simply never came home. Though some ran away, thousands more died at the schools. Today, as their remains are slowly recovered from school grounds across the country, indigenous leaders are demanding answers. Those answers remained elusive, but they also represent the tragic end of a hundred-year-old story, which is finally seeing the light of day. It says, by the time the European settlers began arriving in Canada en masse in the 16th century, uh, I don't want to go that far back, because it says, Indigenous people had already lived there for thousands of years. At first, settlers and the indigenous people tried to coexist peacefully. In 1701, they agreed to share the territory like a dish with two spoons. How'd that work out for them? <laughs> right. uh, they got the shorter end of the spoon, apparently. But the peace didn't last. By the 19th century, settlers began to demand more access to land across Canada. Progress, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's
0: just like, hey, uh, they have things here. We want to make this a better place. Right. I mean, it's going to be better for all of us, right? right. I mean, yeah. we're just going to build it up and make just, some cities here and there. Just make, come over to our side.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, we'll, we'll get you nice jobs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, they literally said that. Oh, I'm sure. Constantly. <laughs> so, um land that belonged to the indigenous people, and many of these settlers ascribed to the British Empire's belief that they had a duty to civilize indigenous people. So that whole colonialism type, mm-hmm. it was the the English church mixed with the colonialism yep. mindset. It's like, well, it's God's duty, and it's our duty to civilize these, right. these savages. Yeah, we have to save them. Yes. And let's look at that word savages, because I mean you you we've heard right. our entire lives them called savages. Uh we gotta civilize the, the right. savage swine or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like these people lived peacefully on the land for thousands of years, never had to worry about mm-hmm. climate change, right. Never had to worry about overusing the land and mm-hmm. running out of uh water, running out of fish or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah there there was tribal wars and shit like that yeah. but for the,
1: there was for the most part N- relatively nothing, peaceful right nothing on the the scale of what they experienced when
0: these civilized people quote unquote come in rape the land genocide the people there force the rest to mm-hmm. new homes or to work in factories or mm-hmm. to do whatever um and totally like destroy everything kill off all of the yeah. The buffalo, bison, whatever, uh, fish out
1: the, everything. And, and I mean, it was on purpose. They yeah. killed the buffalo to because they knew to that was a major. The yeah, they yes. knew that was a major food source. Yes, and
0: right? yet those people are the savages. Right. Yeah. in and all of this. Yeah, um, I think based on the definition of savage, that right. would seems pretty. It's savage. ironic, isn't it? Yes. Says in 1857, the Gradual Civilization Act. That sounds all right. fancy. The Gradual Civilization Act mandated that indigenous men learn English and French. The Act also demanded that they disavow their traditional names and adopt government-approved names instead. Yeah. So that's why you always hear like John Red Cloud or right, something. Yeah, it's right. just like, really? Your name's John? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like by it says by 1883, Canada opted to go one step further government decided to use schools as a way to assimilate indigenous children at an early age. In order for these Indian residential schools to be successful, argued Sir John A. Macdonald, the first prime minister of Canada, the indigenous children must be removed from their parents. So it's not just a school you can go walk to every day and come home. Because he says, when the school is on the reserve, the child lives with its parents, who are savages. There's their word. Yeah and though he may learn to read and write his habits and training and mode are that uh, are indian indigenous children insisted mcdonald must be taken It says indigenous children insisted mcdonald must be taken from parental influence he said that they should spend their childhoods in schools where they will acquire habits and modes of thought of white men hmm. before long about 150 schools ran by Catholic, Anglican, United, and Presbyterian churches uh, open across Canada in partnership with the federal government. But they sought to do more than simply educate kids. The Indian residential schools in Canada aimed to eliminate the children's indigenous knowledge and identity altogether. I want to get rid of the Indian problem, stated <laughs> Duncan Campbell Scott, the former deputy minister of Indian affairs in 1920. So his position is the Minister of Indian Affairs, and right. he says, I just want to get rid of this right. problem. Isn't that a great like? philosophy? Like, aren't you, philosophy? Working, aren't you right? working yourself out of a job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I'm sure he's okay with. <laughs> he says, I do not think, as a matter of fact, that the country ought to continuously protect a class of people who are unable to stand alone. Our uh, objective is to continue until there is not a single Indian in Canada that has not been absorbed into the body politic. So his theory here is that these people can't do it on their own. We shouldn't have to prop them mm-hmm. up. It's like they did it on their own for thousands of years. Right. The reason they can't do it on their own now is because of the shit situations you put them in for the last 200 years. Right. Because, I mean, like I said, thousands of years. Yeah. No problems with uh, yeah. <laughs> them dying off because they weren't moving along with the times. Right. They They didn't seem to really... Be affected by that, you know,
1: being a little bit behind culturally. Right. Yeah, if if you could even but call then it that. When you you know take them uh, take their the national re- natural resources they're used to using away, and put them on shit land, right? Yeah, where they can't farm unless right they can't do anything that they're used to doing. They can't hunt, you know. I mean, it's like what do you expect to happen here?
0: Yeah, and it's just like why? Uh, why are these people so dependent on us? If they can't, yeah. if they can't survive on their own, um, then what are we supposed to do about right. it? It's like they do, they were doing a pretty damn good job of it until progress came into the area and mm-hmm. decided to strip them of everything they had. So it goes on to say, the indigenous people in Canada had no choice in the matter at all, whether they were members of the First Nations, the Inuits, or the. Metis communities government officials just showed up at their doors and took their children as one inuit survivor explained i was forcibly removed kidnapped by roman catholic priests and a government man in august of 58 so that i could be taken so i mean again we think of all the genocide all the the atrocities committed against the natives uh, as being like Hundreds of years old, right, like yeah. Civil War, pre-Civil War era. We're talking less than a hundred years, seventy years ago. Yeah, 1958.
1: Yeah, this girl was just kidnapped by a priest. Right. I, I mean, that's that's not that surprising. No, my mom was born in uh, 52, so I mean, that's you know. Did she experience? No, did, my mom did. She's not. My, full my grandmother blood. did. So, did she go to one of the schools? She, she did have to go to one of the schools. Did yeah. She told you any stories of it or uh, uh, Catholic school? I mean, just. You know, the nuns would would beat them, you know, if they tried to express anything culturally. And, I mean, you know, again, cut their hair. They had to wear the school uniforms. Right. I mean, it was just, you know, it was you're Catholic and that was it. So it talks about the life for the students at the schools. It
0: says multiple generations of children spent much of their childhoods at the residential schools. Those who survived the ordeal describe a terrifying atmosphere of violence and abuse at the hands of priests, nuns, and other staff members at the school. I mean, we're talking like they would take like electric probes and like shock them and stuff. Yeah. For yeah. for getting out of line, and I mean, yeah, sexual abuse mm-hmm. all over the place, just constantly. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, because they they weren't even look, they weren't looked at as people. Right. Right. Well.
0: There was one story in that documentary of this guy. He was put in this bathtub. and It was a hot, hot bath, and they dropped a bunch of snakes in the bathtub. And the snakes didn't like the hot water, so they would crawl up him. Mm-hmm. Like all, I, he didn't say they bit him or anything, but traumatizing a little for bit. like a five-year-old yeah. right. I mean, all because I think, I don't know. He he yeah. didn't do something right. Anything <laughs> they? I mean, it was anything. Yeah says, they made us believe we didn't have souls. So what's the point of this thing? Because aren't you right. supposed to be indo- indoctrinating right. them into your co- Catholic right, yeah, beliefs which and Which is
1: stuff? kind of based on the fact that that you have, you have an s- immortal soul that can be saved if you, you know...
0: Yeah, so th- so they send them there to make them more Christian, more white, yeah. more Catholic. And then you tell them... They have no soul. You don't have a fucking soul, yeah. obviously. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not a human being. Says... Um, She she recalled suffering physical abuse as staff members attempted to scare her away from her indigenous identity and discourage her from practicing her culture. She said, We learned. They pounded it into us, and really, they were very, very mean. When I say pounding, I mean pounding. Others recalled suffering sexual abuse at residential schools. John Jones, who attended the resident alberni residential school remembered hearing about a male supervisor who gave out chocolate bars to students when jones went to get some the man sexually abused him um so just crazy stuff like that and like i said a lot of them witnessed murders a lot of Mm. them witnessed yeah worse than murders even you can't tell anybody who's gonna believe you right right? and that was the whole thing it's just like What are you you supposed to do? Uh, The priests are the one doing it. The leaders of the schools are the ones doing it. Who do you tell? We can't go home to our parents. And even if we did, we're just going to be forced back anyway. Right says, to make matters worse, Canadian authorities were aware the schools had several problems. In 1907, Indian Affairs Chief Medical Officer Peter Bryce visited 35 Indigenous schools in Canada and found that 25% of the students had died. At one of the schools, 69% of their students had died. That's
1: insane. Wouldn't you kind of question the people running the school if you lose 69% of the Uh, students? Yeah, I would think so. "Um,
0: Shannon says, I went to Catholic school. By the time I went went through they couldn't use corporal punishment. Look how great I turned out. Man, maybe they should bring back corporal punishment. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> that was white Catholic school though, that's different. <laughs>
1: Not a whole lot though. <laughs>
0: I don't know, I've never been to Catholic school. So this talks about what we we're talking about like 69% of the students yeah. dying. A big problem was tuberculosis right. because that was like during Yeah. the big tuberculosis pandemic. Oh, yeah. I but mean
1: the the kids, I mean barely had any, like, real protection from the elements. I mean, they would freeze to death. I mean, they would dehydrate. You know, I mean, it was just...
0: Well, not only that, there is thought that they were intentionally spread tuberculosis through these because Mm -hmm. they were kind of overcrowded schools and there was too many of them and they didn't give a shit. I mean, there was pictures... uh, In that documentary, there was pictures that showed kids who clearly had tuberculosis sores interwoven in the classrooms with kids that were perfectly healthy they weren't separated uh, even like (laughs) sit on hey go sit over there and we'll sit over here no they like intentionally made them sit next to them um they were talking about kids that were made to even like sleep in the same beds with tuberculosis patients just because they wanted to spread the tuberculosis and it was just like Most of the schools lost 50% of the students to tuberculosis oh, yeah. and they were just, uh, was like... acceptable because, hey, it's less of the Indian right. problem, you right. know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, who ran these schools, Cuomo? <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, it says, tuberculosis spread like wildfire. Meanwhile, other
0: officials noted issues with overcrowding, faulty heating, and inadequate nutrition. Um, It talked about, like, yeah, it talks about food full of maggots. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what?
1: Like, what do you say to all this? Like, how do you even respond to something like well, this? I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I, I guess it's not hard for me to to imagine, mm. you know, that that the, they were treated this way. But I mean, can you? I mean, just imagine kids being treated this way, you know. And you said towards the beginning of the show. I mean, how would you compare this to say the Holocaust? Mm-hmm. I mean. That's really similar. I mean, yeah, they didn't bathe them in, in gas showers, but. That we know I mean, of. Well, they used but, them for like medical, them, medical experiments. Right, medical experiment, forced sterilizations, you know, exposing them to TB or smallpox. I mean, again, that's basically, you know, like a gas chamber, isn't it? Sure. Exposing them to diseases?
0: I mean, it gets far worse if you, like, mm-hmm. read into some of the stuff. It gets, like, far deeper and Oh, I'm sure. Like, like I said, the medical experimentation on kids. Mm-hmm. They, I had read that some of them were intentionally malnourished so they could test the effects of different vitamins because that mm-hmm. was back when they were, like, upcoming, like, uh, vitamin supplements and stuff. So they right. wanted to be able to test these things so they intentionally malnourished them to t- to test the effects of them. And it's just like man, this is, this is fucking nuts. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is.
0: That makes you wonder, makes you really, because, I mean, you're talking, a lot of this was really prominent in the, like, later, 50, like, mid-50s, mm-hmm. like, just after World War II. Right. It makes you wonder, remember they assimilated a lot of uh, the German doctors, the Nazi doctors, right. and yeah. it's like, I wonder how right? much of that was, like, being conducted by some of these, like, yeah. Uh, escaped Nazi doctors that just got brought over here to right,
1: yeah. I wouldn't quietly do the all. work they were doing yeah.
0: publicly over there. But hey, uh, it's not on this group of people that everybody's paying attention to. It's on this group of people that we've just kind of been nobody- ignoring yeah. for like three hundred years right. anyway. Yeah. So no- nobody cares. Yeah, just continue your 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 experiments. Just don't gas them all in one public right. gas chamber, yeah. and we'll be probably fine. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it just it raises a lot of questions, like. How did this get allowed to go on for so freaking long? Yeah. N- nobody cared. And how 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 much further would it have continued if people didn't start stepping up mm-hmm. and talking about it or opening up yeah. about it or um it was a, a lot of it was like the civil rights movements of the 60s that kind of brought a little bit of it to right. light and things started to turn around a little bit. A little yeah. bit, but um, before that, I was just like, oh, yeah, nobody fucking cared yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like you said, four sterilizations, mm-hmm. you got kids beat for speaking their language, like beat bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, how how far will they go? Yeah. And again, to me, this just is all somewhat in the name of progress. Mm-hmm. Because that was the whole for for hundreds of years. That's what the plight
1: against the natives was. Was right.
0: hey, we got to we got to yeah. progress westward across.
1: expansion, railroads. Yeah, we got to we got to move this through. I know we said you could have this land, but um, something's come up. Yeah. So, but there's some really nice land over there.
0: Yeah, it's like how how far do you go in the name of progress? Uh, what do you do to people that stand in the way of that progress? Because. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, it's not a political thing like progressives and conservatives, mm-hmm, right. but you call those types of people conservatives because they want to stick to the traditional values. They don't want your way of life coming in. So that is, the de- by definition, a conservative, uh, not people that vote for Donald Trump, but people that right, right. stick with their traditional values and don't want um, all the change to come in and don't want to like screw up their, their culture their way of life. What do you do like to to people that stand away in the way of that progress and hold on to their traditional values like that?
1: Yeah. I mean it was you know, they they gotta move, they gotta leave because they're they're in the way. And if they're not gonna see our our way of life, see the, the better way of life, mm-hmm. there's no place for it.
0: Yeah, and it's just makes you wonder looking at like the progressive agenda now like the progress agenda now. Mm -hmm. It's not even like, oh, I'm going to be, like, I'm not, like, personalizing this because I don't want some of those things. (laughs) I I see that this could be a bad idea. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to be sitting right there with uh, the native, the the Sioux Indians or something like that. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is, look at, like, Again, the third world countries that get mowed over, look at Haiti, look mm-hmm. at Sri Lanka, look yeah. at all these countries that we've talked about yeah. in the last couple of years and how they just get fucked over in the name of progress. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, I never saw this coming. It's like, really? Look at in your own backyard. It, it yeah. happened for hundreds of years.
1: Yeah. And again, it's still happening.
0: And it, again, it's not just a racist like oh, it's just a bunch of redneck racists. No, this is was in the name of progress. This was like yeah. the uppity like like powdered freaking collar whatever like uppity people like right. we got we got to move this into the twenty first century or whatever you know right. like bring the society into a new era and mm-hmm. it, it's not not freaking. Joe Blow, redneck guy, that's like, oh fuck all these Indians out here. Right. Let's just kill them all. No, it was just society needs to improve, so we need to do away with the people that are standing in the way of that. Yep, absolutely. So let's let's keep talking about some of this stuff because there was uh, the whole the whole thing when we we pointed it out in that one article was the the Indian question. Uh, we talked about. Or the Indian problem, I think they called it. Yeah. Or in some, I think it was the Indian problem in the United States, and in Canada, it was the Indian question. They were a little bit more (laughs) polite about it, as they tend to be. But apparently, before I get there, apparently I didn't realize back in May they identified mass burial sites here in the United States in Flagstaff. Oh yeah, like hundreds, hundreds of them, and they haven't dug any of them up yet. They just used like right. Sonar or something and found anomalies. So there's plenty of people out that are like, oh, that's bullshit. That could be anything. That could be there was apple orchards there. So it's probably the remains. <laughs> it's just
1: like, yeah. No,
0: I'm going to go with.
1: I was gonna say survey
0: it, says probably mass it, graves. It, if
1: the fucking Canadians have mass graves, you know America. Well does. that was it was in <laughs> Canada that they were saying that. They're like, no,
0: yeah. that's oh, not okay. It's probably they haven't even started digging yet. If there was mass graves there, they would have started digging. It's just like um I'm just gonna they, guess. Yeah. Based on the stories. Yeah. And they just happen to be where you got all these group different people mm-hmm. that said hey, I, I know of this and this and this here. You you should look there. And then they brought out the radar detection mm-hmm. stuff, and they're like, yeah, there's a lot of anomalies in the ground there, but it's probably fruit trees. Most <laughs> likely it's fr- All these people like, lied mm-hmm. and led us to a group of fruit trees. Right. Shannon says, it's okay. Trudeau kneeled and had teddy bears to place <laughs> on the sacred ground. Thank you, <laughs> Justin Trudeau. And maybe
1: maybe he's not the only prime minister that stopped there and put teddy bears down, and that's what they're picking up with the sonar is, yeah, t- teddy teddy bear remains. Yeah, that,
0: that's got to be what this right. Is. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it, it goes for it goes plenty further
0: than um, just the residential schools. It's not just that. It's yeah, um, the land grabs and, I mean, the atrocities committed against the adults. Yeah. The, um. Killing off their culture, the whole po- point was killing off their culture. I mean, you saw where uh <laughs> you saw where they were like, "Hey, we gotta remove the Indian from them right. altogether. Um, we got to get rid of the Indian problem so it was just, it was literally um what they consider cultural genocide. We just gotta undo this culture altogether right. and put them into this here um there was uh, quite a few other examples. I want to make sure I'm on track here.
1: Before I get there, I mean, one of the most corrupt government, and that's saying a lot, government entities that ever existed is the Bureau of Indian Affairs.
0: Yeah, and they talk about this in all these articles, is the BIA. Um, They're the ones that came up with all these laws, implemented all these laws, and Canada had their own version of it. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that started the residential program there. The United States, they kind of were coming around for a bit but they didn't quite go far enough um, because, like I said, the 1800s just wiped out. And then it was like later in the 1800s, post-Civil War, they're like, hey, let's let some of these people come back to their land. Let's give them some of their land back. But they're not just going to give their sovereign land to them. No,
1: that would be too easy. Like,
0: to be communal land, because mm-hmm. that's just, yeah, too too easy for them. So they went to all these different heads of families and would give them, like, 160 acres, 106. So divided yep. up the way we divide up land as white people, mm-hmm. they got their own, like, properties. Right. And they were forced to pay property taxes on them as well. Right. Well, because of this, most a lot of them couldn't afford property tax. Because when it was communal land, they couldn't go off and sell it to the white man. Right. But when it's split up like this, when yeah. it's allocated to them, yep. John Redcorn over here. Yeah. That's the only Indian name I could come up with. <laughs> King of the Hill. I know. Uh John Redcorn over here <coughs> can't pay his property taxes or can't mm-hmm. afford like it's economically in a shitty situation like most of them are. And he's like, yeah. you know what? I can't afford this sells it off to white men. And yeah. so a lot of the property Yeah, and they're like, well, was "What are you given. complaining? We gave yeah. you we the gave land. We gave you your land. Right? We gave you well, also with this, they gave them and this is primarily the Navajo at this point. I think it was in Utah maybe. And uh they also gave them two sheep each, a male and a female sheep that they could breed and stuff. Well, apparently the Navajo were really good sheep farmers and they went from, like, a couple hundred sheep, like 60 to 100 sheep, to, like, million, like 2 million sheep across that. Mm. And all of a sudden, this is bad for the environment. Right. You heard that one before? Yeah. Yep. You're talking 1930s Great Depression. Um, dust bowls because of improper crop rotation. But it's the goats of the Navajo that right. are the, the problem here. So they went through... Similar to what it sounds like uh, the Netherlands is going through now. This, it was called the Navajo Livestock Reduction, hmm. which was put on by, what was it, uh, the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Affairs? Yeah. This guy was. See, the thing is, this, this stuff comes sometimes sinisterly, if that's the word, and sometimes it comes out like actually like good intentions. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know. All these goats are eating off all your, your fields and stuff and you're just raping your land dry. We think what would be in your best interest is you get rid of some of your goats. Right. Like fifty percent of your goats. So yeah. let us help you. They bought up like half of their goats and just like slaughtered them and the people were pissed. Uh yeah. So, so this is from Wikipedia. talks about this Navajo livestock reduction. And again, in the name of some form of progress, because this guy thought he was doing good. Right. Um, it says the Navajo livestock reduction was imposed by the U.S. government upon the Navajo Nation in the 30s during the Great Depression. The reduction of herds was justified at the time by stating that grazing areas were becoming eroded and deteriorated due to too many animals. In 1930, a report... From a forester for the Navajo Reservation observed that there was serious erosion in different parts of the reservation. He suggested a minor reduction in livestock with an emphasis on the number of goats. He believed the Navajo way of life was threatened. Town. That's sounds kinda, very white of them. <laughs> yes. well, it kind of sounds like green policy now. It's yeah, like, right. you know, we, it's in your best interest yeah. that you just stop doing right. the thing that you, makes you money. You're ruining your land. Yes. says, there was a drought in the Midwest by 1933. Inappropriate crop cultivation had left the Great Plains susceptible to erosion and dust storms, turning it into a dust bowl. So do you think that was the Navajo, or do you think it was the white farmers, corporate wh- farmers? Yeah. says pre- President Franklin Roosevelt appointed John Collier, who was the, the guy with the good intentions, as commission, commissioner of what is now called the Bureau of Indian Affairs. He had studied issues of Native Americans and hoped to improve their lives. See, the problem with people like this that hope to improve your life, they never ask you what you want. Right. Yeah. Like, how again? How can we help you? Not it. It's more. Do this, so so it, it's gonna help you. We yeah. promise it's gonna yeah. be better for you. It it's says, like,
1: well, I learned in college that this will help you a lot. <laughs> yes. It says agreeing with that Forrester guys analysis. Or
0: analysis, he concluded that the Navajo owned far too many livestock for their carrying capacity of the reservation. The capacity for sheep was about five hundred thousand, but the people owned two million. You're talking. A quarter of what they owned um the problem was the Navo the the natives kind of worship nature they worship the land not mm-hmm. worship I'd say, but they're like one with like you know you know what I'm saying yeah, like it's part of their culture and their religion like right. be at peace, be at one in harmony with the land and stuff so I mean these livestock were sacred to them mm-hmm. and so the federal government comes in and says you know get rid of half of them says collier approved a program that resulted in the purchase and removal of more than half the livestock analysts did not understand the deep cultural ties the Navo had to their herds again they didn't ask what you want yeah. many women suffered economically often losing their only source of income Does that sound similar to the Netherlands at all? Right, yeah. Like, I don't know if you can make... It's hard to make comparisons with what happened to Native Americans. Right, yeah. But you see connections,
1: you see... But, again, you know, history... People learn from history, good or bad. And so you know that they saw things that were implemented against Natives and was like... That kind of worked pretty good in our favor, so we'll have to like remember that for later. Well,
0: not right? only did it do better for the environment, <laughs> but it also destroyed their economy, so they couldn't live on that land anymore. Right. And then we got the land afterwards. So this guy, this Collier guy, was the writer of it was called the Indian New Deal, and this was actually supposed to be a good thing. Right. Um, it was supposed to be because of all the land that got allocated away from them and like split up like i was saying this guy was like no we need to restore the indian culture we need to give them back their mm-hmm. um their territory their sovereign territory and stuff after this whole uh reduction of their herds they didn't want anything to do with him oh, every sure. they didn't trust yeah. a damn word he said they compared him, they called him a dictator uh, they compared this to the Trail of Tears. They basically said this is the Trail of Tears all over again. You really? murdered half our flock in front of us. Um, like I said, that was pretty yeah. pretty important to them, <laughs> not only economically, but also like from a spiritual level. Um, it says, He became the object of burning hatred among the very people whose problems he was so preoccupied with. The long-term result of the livestock re- with strong Navajo opposition to other elements of his Indian New Deal. He encouraged tribes to reestablish their governments, ended allotments of communal lands, and encouraged revival of Native American culture. So, um, yeah, just, I mean, again, help us
1: help you type mentality. Right. Yeah. I was remembering a um, it was a legal case, as you were talking about Mm -hmm. that. And um, it was actually i think it's yeah it was in the 90s and there's this um this group and I'm, i was just reading the the court documents again uh where they they were allowed to um to harvest the timber up in wisconsin mm-hmm. which was all well and good until a corporation decided they wanted that wood Obviously. and so then they had to come out and say oh well the uh, the legal language has changed from the time the treaty was made and so it's
0: easy to say so to somebody who doesn't speak the language. Right, right.
1: Or yeah, especially the legalese. Yeah. Right. And so then they're like, um you're only now permitted to this much wood a year and and the rest is ours. Uh-huh. And so it ended up going to the Supreme Court. And what became of that, do you know? That's what I was or reading. Has it even passed? It uh got no, through it. It has, and that's what I was looking to see. So I think they ruled in favor of the uh the, the uh, corporations saying that, yeah, the language has changed from back when the original treaty was put in place.
0: So apply this to what I'm talking about, about progress.
1: Right, yeah, yeah.
0: And, And like, destruction of culture in the name of progress. And not even just, like, destruction of, like, Mm. our traditions. Like, literally the destruction of entire cultures in the name of progress. Yes, this was a long time ago, in the 50s. But some some of it as recent as like like we we're saying those schools operated until like the mid nineties. We're still yeah. operating under these assimilation policies where hey, we want um mm-hmm. you to just be one of us. Yeah. These these cultures that didn't that, that got along just fine without progress for mm. for thousands of years. Why is it that progress comes through and all of a sudden they need our help right. to survive when they were the ultimate—they they could right. they could have all sorts of reality TV shows on, oh, yeah. uh, survival yeah,
1: right. man-type t- <laughs> right. TV shows. Well, and plus, I mean, from my understanding, I mean, they had cities that numbered in, in the millions. Well,
0: yeah, the only reason they turned to, like, farming in the first place is because we pushed them out of— Right. Their, we destroyed—like, yeah. not we, but, like, European settlers destroyed yeah. their existing cities, like the Spaniards destroyed them— um, right uh in the first place and so that forced them out into mm-hmm. um more into nature into the wild i guess you could call it but then mm-hmm. they survived there for 100 yeah. several hundred more years living off the land and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean that's how easily they easily adaptable they were they were right. able to leave these mass communities and go mm-hmm. out and form tribes and still survive for right. hundreds of years yeah <clears throat> but they're the ones behind on technology and and behind in uh, um, the world because they can't survive under all the restrictions that yeah. we put on them.
1: Right. And, and you know, again, I, I believe that, you know, like you said, the United Church of Canada, you know, being part of the government, you know, religion was just used as, as you know, it was just um, used as the, the political football at the time. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. oh, well— don't you want them saved? Yeah, you know, because then once they're there, it's like, well, you have no soul, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, it was just like a a virtue thing to make you feel good about yourselves for destroying right. other humans. Yeah, it's just right. Like, oh,
1: we need to take you from your your family, um, and it, but it's for eternal salvation. It's mm, okay, right? I'm right. sure, like
0: the Pope said, I'm sure there were good. Missions out there. I'm right. sure there was. I know that there. You hear stories right. of, I, yeah, of them. And, I'm sure, but there those were. were usually the ones that like went and dwelled in the communities right. and be kind right. of not taking the part children from their them. families. Yeah. Kind of became part of that culture right. and just kind of adapted themselves to that culture, not forcing right. the culture to adapt to their lifestyle. It's just like, mm-hmm. um, well, in order for you to love Jesus, you have to wear pants and. Right uh button down shirt. Sure. Yeah. Which I mean was yeah. kind of the stance in right. the church even as late recent <laughs> and, as twenty and, years and, ago.
1: You know, oh, um, you know, we have to um make sure you can't have any more children. Well obviously. Right? We, <laughs> don't, we don't want you to
0: make more of you, savages. Right. But <laughs> yeah. God does not want you to reproduce. He told me. Right. Well even I think it was the Mormons I was reading that the Mormons saw like if they brought in the natives, it was their some some Mormon beliefs that the closer they got to the Mormon religion and were accepted and like followed the whatever Mormon teachings and stuff, they would actually become more white. Like mm-hmm. not not white like culturally, like literally skin color would fade off and they would turn more white. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, some serious like yeah. superiority complex going on here. Right. And yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I'm not trying to be like woke white white guy, like you see. But yeah, the progressives that are now, it's just like denounce your whiteness. Yes, I know shitty things happen in the name of whiteness. I get that. Yeah. Um But yeah, I mean that atrocities committed. Again, not not just a bunch of racist breadnecks. Not just, hey, we hate you because you got some that red skin over there, you engine right. or whatever, savage beast. No, it was just like, Oh, uh, there's land over there, and uh, mm-hmm. we could make big cities and roads yeah. and railroads and right. uh, trade routes. And uh, yeah. th- this would just benefit humanity oh. as a whole. But they're, the they're... the problem is the the Indian problem over there. We yeah. got to do something about that. Yeah.
1: Uh, wait. There's oil on that land. Oh, <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like
0: those natives need more freedom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we
1: we need to relocate them to a, a more pristine
0: area. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen the beautiful <laughs> fields? Uh, and the the beachfront property in Arizona and right. Utah. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's it's great. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. North Dakota has some beachfront property that uh, yeah, you guys it's would to love die for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, we're about due for a break. Um, I got some more examples of destroying the Indian culture in the name of, uh, the name of progress. Right. Um, uh, talking about. Because this guy, I think, was the final, for a while, hey, let's let's help these guys restore some yeah. of their culture. Even though he missed the mark so hard with the cattle thing, right. and they're just like, fuck you. And the whole thing was, the only reason that their cattle got out of hand, because, again, they were never farmers in the first place. They were hunters. Right. The reason they became farmers was because... Like you said, we killed off all their buffalo. And then we're like, oh, yeah, that's probably shitty. So we started giving them these catalyst stuff to make up for it. And then they're just like, you know, this isn't so bad. Uh, They first would release them in the wild and hunt them like buffalo because it was their culture. Right. But then it was just like they were getting too little of land to do that on. So they just started like farming them. And then
1: it started yeah, they and, were
0: good at it. They were great at it.
1: And I mean, what was it? The was it the Iroquois um, on the East Coast where they they had actually found that if you plant um, corn with beans and squash, that they actually like replenish each other. so they other. knew crop rotation, oh, yeah, absolutely. long before we
0: absolutely so, so they were the reason the dust bowl happened, obviously, <laughs> right, right? Those yeah. people
1: yeah. that that
0: managed this, that managed to farm this for so many centuries. No, right. I
1: guarantee those goats, yeah, they they knew that, they that's got to be the goats, goats.
0: right? It's got to be their crop rotation, mm-hmm. they're not the fact that we just come in and just ripe the right. ground, it's got to be them, so yeah. Let's let's make this law that they can't have so many goats. Mm. The goats that we gave them yeah. because we took their bison and their land from them. Right, so yeah. now we got to take them away. From them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like like you were saying at the beginning. It's
1: like at what point do you do you stop trusting? I mean, right. Well, and that's why I mean, you know, during the 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 COVID thing, you know, I mean, n- nobody wanted your damn vaccine, right? Why would they trust the vaccine, right? Yeah. Same with like the African Americans, like. <laughs> You yeah, have a history of medical yeah, experimentation sorry, um, on us. Um, I'm going to have to
0: say no. Yeah. I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. Um, but yeah, it's just like there's there's so much history there yeah. that we don't even fully understand.
1: Right, right. And again, you know, you, you look at the, the state of the, the reservations now and, and mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're horrible. You know, I mean, domestic abuse, drug use, poverty, suicide. I mean, it's all through the roof, yeah. you know, much higher than any other demographic group.
0: Well, it started getting worse after this guy because the next guy that came in was like, you know, all these territories and stuff, this is bullshit. And they just, the federal government ended uh, federal aid to the reservations and they ended their, they no longer acknowledged the tribes, the sovereign tribes and stuff. And so they were just like, no, you're going to assimilate. And then they started relocating them uh, to urban cities. There was Mm -hmm. like this big movement to, Urbanized, right. yes. the Native Americans. It sounds like a
1: fantastic idea. <laughs> it
0: sounds almost like uh, what the Agenda 21 wants to do to all of right. us, right? Yeah. I mean, you got these prospects of these great jobs and right. these, uh, oh yeah, advanced civilizations. city of and, the futures. Yeah. Right. right? Exactly. That, like the one in Saudi Arabia that they're yes. working on. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> um, we'll talk more about this when we come back from break. We're going to take two or three minutes, and we we come back, we're going to keep talking about this. <laughs> because yes. the, the all of this the, <laughs> this big mess that we created yes and we As still we have not cleaned up no so we'll be right back <laughs> We're back. Hi there. How was your break? It was good. Yeah, got some needy kids tonight. Mm. Did you sure get I... your research done while I was up there?
1: Oh yeah, I was. I was looking up uh, something else that pertains. Okay, that I'll talk about later. You're like I was just looking up other shit. I, yeah, those you know, Steelers are uh, playing. No, I'm just joking. Fuck the Steelers. <laughs> You're just mad because the Cardinals aren't doing well. No, it's still baseball season, so I don't care for uh, another month you got one more month what are you talking about it goes in october no not
0: not for real (laughs) americans (laughs) so we're talking about not the stealers not those stealers we're talking about the stealers of (laughs) of land and culture indian land and culture
1: (laughs) wow i hate that you tied that together (laughs) where do you think they got their name from (laughs) yeah (laughs) that'd be messed up wouldn't it (laughs) pretty fucked up so what do you think so far yeah, it's pretty messed up. I mean, it's it's easy to get pissed off. I mean, I, I took a uh, it was a Native American history uh, in college, and yeah, I was coming out of class like pissed off every day.
0: Yeah. Oh, I imagine it's like we did what? Yeah. Right. No, we didn't do that. But the the crazy thing is, let me get rid of this.
1: And, and I mean, just that the fact, like I said, when you learn about like Wounded Knee, right, mm-hmm. the massacre there. And 116 soldiers killed women, children, and 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 they all got medals of honor.
0: Oh yeah, obviously. I mean that's a great thing, right? Which, what battle was or like what was that a war? That was the
1: was... no, that was the Sioux. They were they were escorting these people to a different land piece of land, and uh, and they they used it uh, to kill a Sitting Bull. And uh, then they just kind of broke out fire and, like, oh, there's an uprising, and they just opened fire on these people. So it wasn't just, even like a, a no, battle. it wasn't even anything. a battle. Just yeah.
0: A, just literally a massacre. That's Literally. That's really fucked up. So we talked about—what was the last thing we talked about? Uh, we talked about— The cattle reduction. Yes, the, the goats.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, like I said, that guy, that collier guy that actually liked the Indians, that had okay. their best interest at heart, but it was just like, you know, you guys um would be better if you follow our policies okay. here. And we had our own conservational policies because of the Dust Bowl and stuff because <laughs> we fucked everybody up for everything up for everybody. Yeah. So but after that guy, it was like why why are we still dealing with these Indians, these Native Americans? Uh, because the next thing, this is the '40s, '50s, '60s, so even more recent, uh, was called the Indian Termination Policy, and that's that not, sounds fantastic. It's not as <laughs> technically, it's not as bad as it sounds. It's not like we're killing them, but right. this was where we terminated all our like um, kind of treaties with them no, and okay. like their sovereign land, and yeah. we we're just like, no, nah, we don't recognize you anymore sure. as a sovereign uh, tribe. So, what year was this? Uh, this one was in the somewhere in the forties to sixties oh, okay. is when this took place. Sounds like a Truman thing. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. it. Says Indian termination is a phrase describing state policy, United States policies during the Native Americans, or relating to Native Americans during the forties and through the mid fifties. Was shaped by a series of laws and practices with the intent of assimilating Native Americans into mainstream American society. So so we had this whole like moral compass, like as we do, white morality even back then, American societal morality that we had to bring them to our level here Mm -hmm. um, because they can't survive on their own, on their own feet. This is cultural assimilation of the Native Americans. Wasn't new. The belief that indigenous people should abandon their traditional lives and become what the government considers civilized had been the basis of policy for centuries. What was new, however, was the sense of urgency that with or without consent, tribes must be terminated and begin to live as Americans. To that end, Congress set about ending the special relationship between the tribes and the federal government. In practical terms the policy ended the federal government's recognition of sovereignty of tribes trusteeship over indian reservations and the exclusion of state laws applicability to national per- or native persons from the government's perspective native americans were to become tax-paying citizens, subject to the state and federal taxes as well as laws from which they had previously been exempt. So that was the whole thing. Probably it's yeah. like we need more taxpayers. Right. Yeah. We're not getting yeah. enough money here. So
1: we we kind of let you off easy. <laughs> yeah, by giving you guys land and and you know we kind of giving you guys the good life, and now we're gonna have to start getting you to pay taxes.
0: Well, like, one of the big things was they the natives weren't subject to like any state laws cause they were sovereign territory. Right. So they were Makes only sense. subject. They could only be like tried like federally. They couldn't even be tried by like state courts mm-hmm. or anything. So, um, that was kind of turning that over to the States to kind of how they want to deal with it. And all the States were like, yeah, yeah, boy, <laughs> we'll take that land. Um, so it, it says from the native standpoint, a former U S Senator from Colorado, Ben Nighthorse Campbell of the Northern Cheyenne, said of assimilation and termination in a speech delivered in Montana. If you can't change them, absorb them, until they simply disappear into the mainstream culture. In Washington's infinite wisdom, it was decided that tribes should no longer be tribes, never mind that they have been tribes for thousands of years. It says the policy for termination of tribes collided with the Native American people's own desire to preserve na- Native identity, the termination policy was changed in the 60s, and rising activism resulted in the ensuing decades of restoration of tribal governments and increased Native American self-determination. So, so there was that period all the way up to the 60s where they're mm-hmm. like, no, let's just—they uh, they like literally went tribe by tribe. It's like, letter of eviction. We no longer— right. We no longer, uh, these agreements that we've had all the time, we no longer have those with you. So uh, deal with it, basically. So it uh, ended any sort of, like, federal aid to them. Any, like, medical assistance, any road assistance, like, infrastructure assistance. It ended all that federal aid to them. And they're, like, pushed out to, like, remote locations where they can't really acquire this stuff. Yeah. From the reservations on their own, so it's basically like, you know, let's we, we we fuck up your economy. Tell me if this sounds familiar. First of all, we fuck up your economy, then we give you federal aid to like kind of bounce back from it, and then to the point. Well, first we make it so you have to have that federal aid to survive, and then we take that away too.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like Haiti. Uh, Sri Lanka, um, the ghettos. <laughs> Everywhere, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, inner city, yeah. like San Francisco,
0: yeah. Harlem, all those places. Yeah. You have
1: Caprini Greens. Yes.
0: So it says, The House Concurrent Resolution of 1953 announced the policy of termination and called for immediate ending of federal relationships with selected group of tribes. The resolution established that Congress would pass terminating acts on a tribe-by-tribe basis. Uh, between 53 and 64, the government terminated recognition of more than 100 tribes, which apparently was only 3% of Native Americans. I think they wanted to do more, but then the activism got in the way. So oh, Damn activist. Yes. In addition to ending tribal rights as sovereign nations, the policy terminated federal support of the health care edu- and education programs, utility services, and police and fire departments available to Indians on reservations. Given the considerable geographic isolation of many reservations and inherent economic problems, not many tribes had the funds to continue such services after termination was implemented. The tribes initially selected for termination had been considered groups who were the most successful in the United States, in some cases because of natural resources controlled by their reservations. Mm -hmm. So oh, they'll do great. They got all these natural resources here. Do you think that's why they selected them? It's like, no, no they'll be fine because they're natural resources. Right. Or was it like, huh, there's
1: a lot of natural resources over right, there. Exactly. Sure they, would be nice to get our hands on those. Yeah,
0: maybe if we cut them off from this federal money, maybe they'll have to move away.
1: Yeah. Or they'll have to sell some to get some of that those services back
0: and then maybe we'll get our hands on some of those mm-hmm. natural resources it sounds like they need our freedom mhm um says few tribes mounted legal challenges to maintain tribal government and the trust relationship with the federal government and it just goes on and on so yeah.
1: t- t- you see how we've right. gone back and forth but then so then the the American Indian movement was formed and they uh, they did a, a real January sixth in nineteen seventy two. Okay, they took over the Bureau of Indian Affairs in Washington D.C. Really, and, and held it for quite a while, and uh, wouldn't let it go, and created about seven hundred thousand dollars worth of damages in the building, Damn.
0: which would be a lot more than that back today. then, right?
1: Exactly, and their whole thing was, um, yeah, you kind of fucked us over, and we need you to revisit that, and. So they came to the table and renegotiated some okay, things. good. So, so it wasn't
0: just the act, activism and right and stuff. It was the active, like active activism, right? Of the, I mean, rightfully so. It's like, right. hey, you fucked us. We fuck you. Yeah, exactly. You took our land. We're gonna yeah. sit here. We're gonna squat here until we get yeah. it back. I mean,
1: could you imagine if all those people on January sixth held the Capitol building and refused to leave and like, created all those kinds of damages and no, stuff. No, because the government has F-16s and nukes. Exactly. They would have freaking nuked it. They would have <laughs> nuked the Capitol building. Good God.
0: I could see them doing that, too. I could, too. It's like, you know, it's, it's a total loss. Yeah. Just nuke them. Yeah. Be like, well, one of them had a dirty bomb we didn't know about. <laughs> so another portion of this, the same time period. mm mm-hmm. so, so they cut off ties with them. They cut off all their funding and stuff. So, again, they really didn't have a great life there on the reservation. Like you said, the reservations are shit. Right, yeah. They were shit before they cut off. Yeah. And the whole thing was they're like, it was basically to end the, what was it, Bureau of Indian Affairs Mm -hmm. at the time? Because they're like, look, we're spending all this money on these people, and look how shitty their quality of life is. Clearly you're not doing your jobs here. So...
1: You're not really helping them, so mm-hmm. let's just cut this Which, funding off. A large part of it is that they would appoint people to run the reservations mm-hmm. that were tribal, but then they would they would take that money and hoard it. And and so turn corrupt, basically, right. like exactly. every other third world country, exactly. with little yes. grubby
0: mitts on. We find yep. the guy that plays ball, but he hoards the the mm-hmm. special funding exactly from the NGOs, and the people don't get any of the money, and he's living in his lavish mansion somewhere. Exactly. Um. but yeah. he plays ball. Yeah, he you does. Make sure he that does they play, play ball. The rules. So the other part of this was because the reservations were so shitty. Obviously, um, to further assimilate. Them to push further efforts of assimilation, why don't we just put them all in big cities? Like, start. Right. I mean, there was like ad campaigns out there promoting, like, hey, uh, look, you can. And it was like videos of natives like walking hand in hand with mm-hmm. like white people and like becoming just like them with their white yeah. picket
1: fences. And, I-, I picture this 70s style, right? Where they're like kind of dressed like Sonny and Chair walking down the oh, street, yeah, and it's yeah. like, you know, that song. Um, they call it Mellow Yellow. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's pretty much what I heard on a podcast that I listened to today.
0: The ad, and it, yeah, it was, it was, it was about that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so this was called the American Indian Urban Relocation. So basically, you know, you know, in the 1800s, we relocated all mm-hmm. the Indians, natives, indigenous people. Right. They keep calling them Indians, so I yes. feel like I can call that, them Indians. That's fine. Yes. Um, so we thought. That worked so well in the 1800s for them economically, we should do this again in the 20th century. Right. So the U.S. government's effort to assimilate American Indians into mainstream culture can be seen throughout the 20th century... In the Bureau of Indian Affairs activities in 1953, Congress established a new policy towards American Indians: termination, which we just talked about. Mm-hmm. This policy eliminated much government support for tribes and ended the protected trust status of all Indian-owned lands. In response to the policy, the BIA began a voluntary, quote unquote, voluntary, voluntary urban relocation program. So they basically would promise them they like a thousand bucks or something. Right. Some, a lot of money to somebody, like more money than a tribal person has seen in their yeah. entire lifetime, right? And then they gave them like a one-way ticket to these cities, mm-hmm. and they on I'm these sure ads worked out really well. Well, on these ads, it was just like showed like picture, like videos of like a native guy like welding, and it's like uh, John so and so, John Brave Horse here. Uh, he's worked his way up to foreman already, and then they show like a a Guy as a chef, like, cooking lobster and stuff. And they're like, all these great job opportunities in the cities. Can move to the city for all these job opportunities. And then they get to the cities and... No jobs. Yeah, they were working as, like, dishwashers and shit like that. And then they're like, you know, this isn't as what we... It was all cracked out to be. We want to go home. But it was a one-way ticket. And they had to basically signed something saying that they would stay there indefinitely is basically right. what it was to, to retain the money and their, their, uh, the government's, uh, standard of success was not like their living standards, not like their employment or unemployment levels is basically how many people stayed there a year or more. And mm-hmm. that's how they measured success was how many right. stayed there for more than a year. says in response to this policy, um, uh, says BIA pledged assistance with locating housing and employment. Numerous American Indians made the move to cities. They struggled to adjust to life in a metropolis and faced unemployment, low-end jobs, discrimination, homesickness, and loss of traditional cultural support. The urban relocation program changed the face of cities as well as American Indian culture. American Indians who returned to the reservation often found that they didn't fit in with those who stayed behind. When the BIA uh, relocation effort started, nearly 8% of American Indians lived in cities. And the 2000 census noted that American Indian population had risen to pro- approximately 64% now live in urban yeah. cities.
1: And now uh, they say it's about 80%. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that was two thousand. So twenty-two yeah. years. So this program probably continued all mm-hmm. well uh, longer than we thought it w- did. It says the Chicago field office employment assistant case file contains memorandums and progress reports, quote unquote, as well as promotional devices used to recruit Indians on re- on reservations to comply with exemptions found in the. Freedom of Information Act, the names of individuals, blah, blah, blah. So this is just talking about yeah. these documents. and stuff. So they
1: probably come to the high school as kind of like army recruiters. <laughs> like, probably. son, have you thought about living in a city?
0: <laughs> well, they did a damn good job because the, the people that did it were like, oh, we're going to go find this better way of life. Right. We're going to move to these cities. We're going to pack up. And, I, I mean, it's, it's crappy here. There's no jobs here. There's no food here. Right. All this promise. Well, they get there. Eyes wide open, like yeah, kid in a candy store, and total disappointment. Yeah, I mean they're pretty much stuffed into uh, it. You, I imagine it was government sponsored housing, which we mm. all know how fantastic government sponsored right. housing is, right. and that's that's one thing that gets me with like the agenda twenty one shit, where we we talked about they want to. Move us all into urban cities and Mm -hmm. into, or like you were talking about, the line in uh, Saudi Arabia, where it's just like these, uh, I mean, it's always this great promo, this CGI effect promo video. It's just like, move into the city. What the line is, if you you go look up Saudi Arabia's line, it's basically a super city. It's a straight line of glass mirror walls you can't see, and like... Nature is mirrored on it, so it doesn't even look like it's there. But it's, like, 150 kilometers long, they Mm -hmm. said, and, like, only a few wide. So it's just a straight line, and you take, like, a super uh, train. Yeah, there's one way in, one way out. Yeah, it's, like... And it's stacked on top of each other. Yeah, it's, like, three-dimensional. It just Mm -hmm. stacks on stacks on stacks. And it's just, like...
1: Yeah, completely renewable resources, right. apparently. And, uh, you know, automated city. They take care of you. You know, you can work from home.
0: So yeah. what I'm saying is ads like that are probably similar to what ads were for the Native right. Americans back oh, then. I'm sure. So you're telling me that government-sponsored city dwelling is going to look like that. Do you look at, like, liberal cities uh, where they're. Look at any government-sponsored housing development. Yeah. Is there any that
1: looks no. like
0: progress in any way, shape, or form?
1: Yeah. When you hear of HUD, I mean housing, what do mm. you think of? Right? Yeah. The freaking projects.
0: Yeah. The the ghetto. Uh, Like, some of the worst slums out there. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, Um, if we just give control of all housing, like, you know, the whole you own nothing and you're right. happy. Yep. It's just like... Yeah. We've seen how the government handles housing. Right. We've seen how the government handles like food shortages and yeah. um, like hunger and, and stuff like that. But in po- the war on poverty, the war on, right. like anything the government's touched has been a yeah. miserable failure. So let's give them all of it, all mm-hmm. of the resources and all the rights. Yeah, and it's supposed to be this booming thing. Yeah. It's right. supposed to be this glass mirror freaking yeah. city across the desert yeah. that we're all going to live in harmony and nature will live on the outside and yeah. we'll never cross paths and everything will be just fine. Yeah. The what the scariest part of that video is there were no... Yeah, there were there, there was no doors out of it. I know, yeah. You're like essentially in fucking prison. Right, yeah. For the rest of eternity. Yeah.
1: But it's really nice.
0: <laughs> but we're supposed to believe that the government's taking care of nature on the outside. Right, yeah, right. There's probably ends up being like, a billion of those lines, just side by mm-hmm. side by side, and there's oh, no nature left. What at I told
1: all. Uh, my wife when we I showed her the video, I was like, "What does it remind you of?" And she's like, "I don't know." I said, "Doesn't it remind you of that uh, that TV show with the dude from Lost, where the aliens had taken over and mm. put them in these like like colony?" Is that yeah, what I colony. Said? That's yep. it. It's like, doesn't that look like colony? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminded me of too. But like I
0: said, like you're supposed to believe that nature mm. is all doing great on the outside. Mm-hmm. And we're yeah. just trapped it's here like on you, the inside. You,
1: you step outside your little line, and a drone blows you away. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> anyway, back to Native Americans, <laughs> right? And how,
1: I mean, the government just screws. Yeah. Well, and, it up. and the problem with you know the these this program was there there was no support group, right? Well, yeah. So they you go they from were given, a, I think, it was like a couple hundred bucks a week. Yeah. For a month was all.
0: Right. That was it. You're yeah. supposed to find your way
1: yeah find a job find assimilate to a whole different culture right who's
0: inherently racist already they don't want you there right
1: exactly they yes absolutely you're there to take their jobs basically yeah right and the government's giving you their money Mm -hmm. right i mean we know how that story goes yeah
0: so um somebody had said i can't remember who it was but basically we like Stuffed them all in these cities to just basically fade away is mm-hmm. what the whole yeah the whole concept was. It was nothing to do with um, making their lives better. It was either you either you turn American like us or your culture just fades. I mm-hmm. mean, either way, your culture is going to fade, yep. but you fade with your culture Absolutely. or you survive and your culture right. fades yeah. on its I own. Yeah, I mean, if
1: you're taken out of your your culture, right? Because you know, okay. As bad as it is, you know, there's going to be some form of culture left behind at, at the reservation, right? But if you they take you out and put you in a city, I mean, what do you got? Well, you know,
0: the whole thing was, they, they talked about these Wisconsin tribes. Right. There was this one family, and the promise was, it's like, well, all these other families from the lakes here have already moved. I think it was Cleveland, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so So we got all these, I mean, you'll have your own kind there, just right. like you do here, and They've never been to Cleveland before. Right, what is there yeah.
1: like thirty families there? Right, it's yeah, just like right. good and luck it's finding. Huge, yeah. They right? said they didn't see a single. Oh, yeah, why would you? There. And it's not like you're sent to the same part of the city because they want to keep you separate, mm-hmm. so that you... they don't want you to band together. Exactly. They don't want like a Chinatown, like, exactly. forming Native yeah. American Sioux style. City. Yeah, Sioux
0: City. <laughs> is that how Sioux City became a thing? <laughs> I don't know if I've seen any Native Americans in Sioux City. I, I don't think I have either. There's a lot of Native American names here yeah. in Iowa, which oh, yeah. is also a Native American name. Yes. And I see very few except at the casino. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we we crush their economy, we take away the government handout, and then we ship them off to cities and say have at right. it you right. i mean this way of life that you known is no longer so yeah. go adapt to our way of life progress right all right. in the name of progress these i mean you think progress you think of things getting better but in so many cases it's Worst. so many people getting stepped on in yeah. order to get a few into a better spot for
1: like for themselves yeah um Let's see here, and there is a shoot. Where is it? I don't know. Um, man, I just seen this. So, um, continue, continue.
0: Yeah, this whole this whole concept of blending them into American culture, it just strips their identity as they know it, and yeah. it it's like it makes you it take take you back to like. Today, Mm -hmm. with like globalism, for example, Um, we're all kind of trying to form this one society, like one globalist, like economy. How much of like personal identity would get stripped away in a one global society? I mean, everybody's got to be on board with it for it to work. That's why you see the developing nations getting fucked over because they're not in line with. We gotta progress them to our standards even though they're doing just fine on their own for so many years but how many cultural identities have to be have to be stripped away in order for like a global society to work look at just like here in the united states again i don't want to compare our situation with what happened to the native americans but um how much do you see it's just like uh, all for the greater good you know like Mm -hmm. give up I mean how how many times do they put like religion on blast because it doesn't adhere to this this centrist oneness that right. this one culture that right. we're trying to this progressive culture we're trying to live in it's just like well your religion doesn't really fa- abide by that so mm. um all, all of a sudden like religions most religion like specifically christian religions are some form of extremist terrorist right. because yeah because they don't adapt to yeah. these new whatever norms yeah.
1: these new norms well and i um and that's what i was looking at is that um a- after the indian Re- relocation act um a lot uh, of um like crimes and um uh, that are that happen to to native americans they don't actually classify them as crimes against native americans they classify them as crimes against latino or or whites they don't usually have like that category i guess
0: because they just completely stripped them of Id- Yeah, it, it makes no sense like yeah we want this melting pot of cultures like we're shipping in mm-hmm. immigrants from other cultures doing the, the same damn thing though we're shoving them into uh, big cities you never like like where do you find the most <clears throat> immigrant Populations being sent to, like the sanctuary areas, or right. are the big cities where they will mm-hmm. basically do the same thing will happen. They're not going to retain their any sense right. of uh, well, their ide- yeah. their cultural I mean, how identity. Many people came
1: over on the boats for Ellis Island and, and they completely changed their names, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's just like even today,
0: it's just like New York City is a sanctuary city, or right. Californ- like cities in California, D.C., like these big cities that they just kind of fade into. Mm hmm. And hopefully they remember, hey, we got you here for free, so you should vote for us. Right. Yeah. But fuck your your culture. Right. But again, it, it's weird that we pay so much attention to like the Latino communities and uh, right. all these like immigrant communities, but the Native Americans mm-hmm. aren't even spoke of anymore. Right. Yeah. Like you very rarely hear much much push to you know there's no there's no calls for um paybacks to the na- native right, americans right yeah no
1: no um what is it restitution yeah no yeah.
0: restitution checks for the native americans
1: and, and that's why like when when blm was really big you know back in the day because it is back in the day now mm-hmm. you know i you know and, and i was just like um wait wait a minute <laughs> um there there is other class of people that are more persecuted than than blacks mm-hmm. you know and it's like but at least as yeah right and nobody is saying anything about that you mm-hmm. know so yeah constantly swept under the rug i mean the most is hey we
0: cancel columbus day uh-huh. i mean that's yeah. as, uh, oh, it's about as good as the redskins
1: guys. aren't around anymore yeah. they're now the commanders yes uh <laughs> congratulations guys. indians
0: are now the marion yeah. wolves wolves yeah. or something yeah. you get
1: some big victories there yeah <laughs> thank
0: thank you <laughs> um we still got Squaw Creek here, which I'm surprised yeah, that, that exists. that'll change. Yeah, that'll change. So I don't know. What do you think about it? like there's this whole agenda, I guess, to urbanize anyway, and so I, I feel like this is kind of an example of how that, yeah, like more of the kind of reasoning behind it, well, not so much the smart growth and right. uh, the uh, or uh, good for the environment and stuff. Right. It's more like You know, let's just throw them all in the shit. They're, like we talked before, easier to control. Um, They're they're not tied to their cultural differences and stuff. Because, I mean, you got poor people fucking everywhere. You got poor people in inner cities, like really fucking poor. You got poor people in the backwoods of North Carolina, South Carolina, very fucking poor. Which ones actually still hold on to some sense of identity, though? Right. Yeah. Are the people in the freaking
1: South and right. the, the poorest?
0: Yeah, the poorest damn state and yeah. states in the United States mm-hmm. still hold on to some kind of cultural value, whether it's blatant racism in or flying uh, the Confederate
1: flag still. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I mean, it's not all that. But uh, no, that's I what know. that's what everybody says they yeah. do. But but they're still a proud, yeah, and somewhat. They still somewhat enjoy their freaking lives, and then you get in the inner cities, and it's just like identity as you know it has been stripped away.
1: Yeah, Uh, and it's just like your life is work, home. Mm. Hopefully, you don't get shot. Right. Well, and and you know the only time you see any real Native American culture on display is when there's a a a, a rain dance over at the casino. Yeah, you know, and so it's like that's what it's come down to. Mm -hmm. You know, there's. You know, hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years of culture, you know, is reduced to Cirque, so, Cirque du yeah, Soleil. Basically, basically. yeah, but right. Not as
0: good quality, right? Yeah, right. Not as hyped up, I guess. Not, I want to say, not as good quality, but not yeah. as not without right. the hype. Hi- Cirque du Soleil without they don't the tour, hype. yeah, exactly. They don't <laughs> have the money to tour. Um, but yeah, it's just a performance right. art. Which to them, it's their culture. To us staying around, it's like, oh, that's 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 cool. Yeah. That's really. I and mean, look at the p- pretty colors, and, <laughs> right? Oh, I'm glad that they're retaining their culture. And it's just like yeah. they're right. sitting there, like fuck these guys, right? Like, yeah, hey,
1: exactly. Why are we doing this for these guys? Yeah. Now I, I did. I have felt like you know some shows have been like bringing different things to light. You know, like I think Yellowstone has kind yes. of, ex- you know, kind of expressed a little bit more. I know there is a couple shows on Hulu. Um, I think uh, uh, Reservation Dogs is one. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there there they're, there is a stream of of thought trying to bring some kind of, you know, may, maybe it's to the point where they're like, okay, well, we we've, we've beat them up enough, mm-hmm. you know, might as well let them have some representation.
0: Yeah. Um. So, back to the whole, like, progress, quote-unquote progress, kind of, like, being the destroyer of culture. Do you... Like, maybe this is the reason why they sweep a lot of the Native American shit under the rug. Mm -hmm. Because they don't want you to see... You know, a lot lot of shit has happened under the name of progress. But we want to keep being, like, moving forward. So, Mm -hmm. let's erase that from history so you don't see... Oh, we tried this once, guys. And somebody always gets stepped on. And for some reason, it's always the damn Native Americans. Um, Yeah. I got this article here. This is probably the last article I have. It's called, Why Are We Killing Communities in the Name of Progress? And this is from actually a a Hawaiian Native perspective. So it's like Native, but not... And I'm not as familiar with with that group. I'm not either, but what it says is pretty interesting. It's just talking about progress and is it really all it's hyped up to be. It says, Hawaii was once a multicultural melting pot where identity was not rivalry. No more. In the midst of our politically charged time, when the venom flows on front pages and news flashes between POTUS and the Congress, and even our solutions to civic problems generate more civic problems, it can be fatiguing. The biblical story of Babel comes to mind. And th- this is an interesting example here. Progress that basically right. destroyed... It's uh, humanity itself. Great. says, uh, in the myth, the human desire to climb to the top and dethrone the gods a la Game of Thrones ends with a mess. The myth is trying to explain the or- origins of language and hints at the perennial problem of how language unites but also divides. It creates tribal identity but also leads to tribal rivalry. The more we talk and engage in political speech, the more rivalry seems to generate. Says I remember in the not too distant past when it was natural to pause here when natural events and seasonal time meant something. Neighbors would say the the ooh, the Oma are running, I don't know what that is, or the penpachi menpachi are in the pier. Again, I'm not Hawaiian, I don't know what these things are. Says all saints and all souls in Halloween are wrapped up with remembering what we all lived by the light of those who live just ahead of us. Like fading stars, they give us enough light to find our way. Um, again, it talks about Hawaii being used to be that m- melting pot that you talk about the United States being this melting pot mm-hmm. says sometimes here, I got to get to where he starts <laughs> actually getting into it says, uh, Someone said recently, if you want to see the American dream, go to Denmark. I would counter just remember who we were just a few decades ago. I know eventually all things fall apart, as Chinua Achebe suggests, and they did here in Honolulu, and it did for me in Paloma It was politics, specifically statehood Money and Lyndon Johnson's Quote-unquote war on poverty That literally brought the bulldozers And sledgehammers to this beautiful world To gentrify Palama Under the banner of removing Substandard housing mm-hmm. So we were sent into Despora s- Some to the Iwa Plains Some to the Kanoe, Some to Pearl City No one asked <laughs> Again, it comes back right. to, hey, these guys have substandard living. Uh, they're they're they are poorer than us, so we got to do something about this, you know, right. progress. And the people are like, we were just fine. We were doing okay. We were fine just the way we were. Mm-hmm. When nobody asked us, it just was. It says it was a plan concocted by central planners, politicians, and bankers in fulfillment of some con- conception of what a beautiful neighborhood would be. Higher densities, higher rents, more money for investors, a simple logic. So, money, basically. Progress. Progress came in and fucked up their great Mm -hmm. island as he knew it. The the melting pot that they knew. Looking at Kakko now, with its massive silvery plate steel and glass surfaces, I think I understand what they conceived beauty to be. An anonymity. The human image erased and dwarfed by sheer immensity of the buildings. The smooth, reflective façade of the buildings reveal nothing. They seem to stop the eye and the gaze. There are no textures to invite curiosity. They remind me of the dark glasses I put on when I feel vulnerable and want to not be seen. It is an architecture that does not say touch me, but stay away. Uh, A robot would be at home here. To decide something is to kill something. That is what the suffix side means. Are we burying our memory and our humanity and our Hawaii and handing on to our children a life in a world as smooth as Teflon with no abrasive or rough surface where they can watch life on screens, occupy Disney and Marvel universes, but never occupy their own lives? Yes, that's exactly what mm-hmm. we are doing. I feel sympathy for communities of Kahuko, and I, another name, not because I have some... Objective standard for what's right, but because I have experienced what is like to have the invisible hand of capital wield with its velvet glove the hammer it calls, quote unquote, progress. In the Native Hawaiian movement, I sense a deep intuition that forgetting our place in nature, this is my favorite part here. I sense a deep intuition that forgetting our place in nature and the invisible web of meanings and relations ships that delicately transform a crowd into a community will make it less likely that we will love the world and thereby save it. So all these uh um you know green movements to force us into cities, get us out of nature because we're all fucking with right. nature. He's basically saying, you know, the more we disconnect from nature ourselves, the more um we are no, long, no longer have a place in nature, we're less likely to love it and save it. Mm-hmm. So you put us in this big old reflective line like yeah. Saudi Arabia wants to do where we can't even see nature. Yeah. I mean, why would we want to save it at that point? What are we right. saving at that right. point? Yeah, what's the point? Because two generations from now, the kids aren't even going to remember what, what nature even is. Yeah. And then somebody's going to open, like come out of the matrix and walk out and realize, oh, this whole thing is just one big giant... Right metropolitan city we're just all disconnected from because we we fucking gave it up for in the name of progress
1: right absolutely
0: so yeah this guy i mean that that said so much about progress i mean he didn't get into the raping of humanity itself in the name of progress he was specifically talking about hey you you screwed up something good yeah we weren't living as wealthy as you guys but we were happy with it right Absolutely. And it's like the American dream. You think of the American dream, and I've thought of this a couple times. Mm-hmm. It's like the American dream you imagine when you're a kid, at least, growing up. I don't know what it is now, but you, they tell you, like, the white picket fence, um, right. kind of uh, suburban lifestyle yeah. with uh, two and two, and two, two cats, three dogs, yeah, right. or and a couple kids, and yeah. a couple cars. Mm-hmm they never tell you how fucking depressing that life is. It's just like where every house looks the same and every lawn is perfectly cut. And yet most people, I think, don't even realize how depressing it is unless they disconnect from that and like go go out in nature mm -hmm. and maybe for even just a few days just kind of dwell in that and then realize, wow, my life kind of sucks back Mm -hmm. there. I mean, I'm not saying like,
1: no, but pitiful
0: me. I'm just saying this is what they've created right. as oh, this is what you should aspire to be, and this is what they tried to tell the natives. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to be here living in these high rises and working these yeah. good
1: jobs instead of living on this. But but it's something that's that's put into the kids because just yesterday, I was driving. We were I was driving with my my kids and my, my niece, and they were talking. And I kind of heard them in the background talking about freedom. Mm-hmm. And my niece is like, "Well, um, isn't isn't uh." Isn't safety freedom? No. And, and I and I was like, no. I said, governments use safety to take away freedom yeah. all the time. I said, freedom is dangerous. I said, freedom is about accepting the consequences and responsibilities and going to do it anyways, what no matter who, told who says. Her,
0: what you should have told her was, anyone who gives up freedom to possess safety deserves neither.
1: Yes. Ben Franklin. Yes, that's yes. what you should have told her. I, yes, and I thought about that as I was swimming in the pool afterwards. Yeah, damn it, I missed my <laughs> opportunity. Why didn't I use Ben Franklin? Like, come on. <laughs> so I mean, but but I mean, this is she's a ten-year-old girl, and she believes safety is freedom. I mean, it's hard to
0: compare what we all did to the natives in the name of progress to what's happening today. It's really hard to make that comparison because yeah. so much shit happens. Well, to wouldn't them.
1: you argue that that? that the natives were like the people quality of Haiti and people, I mean, they were mm-hmm. basically the government experimented on like, okay, how can we deal with a subject of people that we don't want to deal with? Yeah. That, what that can stand we Stand in our way. Right. Yeah. The, that they're in, in the way of, of our American dream. They're in the way of us, you know, making this country the, what we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, let's see, we can, um, uh, we can't kill them. Um, I mean, we can, but we can say it's an accident um, we can uh, try to Americanize them, Christianize them. We can uh, make them whiter. We can um, make but now it so we they gotta can't have
0: babies. Now we strip the Christianity from people, right? Because it's a cultural identity now, right. which, which yeah. is ironic right. because back then you were stripping them because yeah. of Christianity, and now it's just like, <laughs> oh, Christianity is too much of an identity. Right. Let's strip that of them. And again, I, I can't compare what's going on, here, but you look at like the urbanization of in like the push for more Mm -hmm. and more urbanization and and, um, kind of the war against the rural communities and the conservative mindset, like the holding on to any sort of traditional values is some sort of racism or some sort of supremacy, even even if it's not white people doing it. Mm -hmm. You can see uh, all this is just an example of how far they will go. Oh, absolutely. And they will go there. And they'll do it in the name of like, what, they'll use whatever right. as their um to dignify whatever they're doing, to make them feel like, right. oh, this this is okay. Back then it was we're doing God's work. Right. You know, we're we're stripping them of their savagery to do right. God's work. We're culturally, if not literally, genociding them because it's God's calling right. on us,
1: and now it's going to be global warming.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. Now it's in the name of global warming and saving the environment, saving right. turtles and shit. It's right. just like, well, you're standing in the way of progress. You either yeah. get on or get out, type. Um, right. Just like a, well, it's like what they said at the Netherlands. It's like some of you aren't going to have jobs. I'm sorry, that's just yeah. the way it is. I mean, I I feel like verbatim they said that to the farmers, the the cattle farmers, to the natives. It's like, well, yeah. some of you all just aren't going to have jobs right. because. There's just, we got to get yeah. rid of some of these goats. <laughs> so, right. I, and it just, you, you see what they're capable of. Right. And yeah. you'd like to think because of quote unquote progress, that would never happen again. Right. But it, again, it's in the name of progress that that happened. And yeah. especially when it comes to like the mega corporations we have today that were not even a, a thought, no, right. nowhere near what they are today. Yeah. And the the ruthlessness that these corporations oh, yeah. are capable of. Yeah. Yeah, I, I fully feel that they are capable of. Oh, absolutely! Of they
1: wouldn't hesitate in the atrocities. Yeah. yeah, and yep.
0: for whatever virtuous reason.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, no,
1: it, but it's it's worth you know looking at the history there of of indigenous peoples. Yeah. To be like, yes, this is what they're capable of, and this is a strategy that they could use. Right. right? I mean, you know, I'm not saying COVID came from the government. You know. <laughs> right. But. You know, it or, does kind of mirror a little bit of smallpox. Yeah,
0: I mean, we, I mean,
1: uh, we did get a bunch of new blankets given to us. <laughs> right, <laughs> that was uh,
0: that was part of the COVID uh, relief package. It's like, hey, you yeah. guys get these fresh, clean blankets. Like, Ooh, blankets. Yeah, <laughs> like we never freaking learn. So, yeah. I mean, again, nothing can compare to the the shit that happened. No. Even and it's bizarre to think that it happened as recently as like yeah. the fifties, sixties. And, and, and
1: again, you know, people who you know they they may complain about the Redskins or the Land of Lakes, Butter Lady, yeah, you know, or or Columbus, but it, it's it's a far cry from what's really happening still right, right today, now. Yeah, yeah, right. Like I said, you know, go to a reservation, mm-hmm. see what it's like, right, and it's going to shock the shit out of you.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of people that, that say that that's their own problem. You know, that's... Right. I mean, th- uh, the level of alcoholism on a re- oh. reservation is... Yeah. Ten times what it is anywhere else. Absolutely. The, uh, addiction, abuse, yeah. uh, suicide rates. Um Yes. Yeah. Uh, eventually, you're just to the point where it's just like, well, what the fuck else am I going to do? Right.
1: Yeah. You know, well, I think... <laughs> I mean, when you... you Again, you you've been totally, you know stripped of all cultural identity Mm -hmm. right you have no no real heritage and you you're you're put on a piece of land that you can't do anything with right and you know yeah i mean it's yes alcoholism i think crimes like two and a half times more you know is more on a reservation than anywhere else the the number three cause of death on a reservation for women is is murder oh wow that's crazy
0: well speaking of murder statistics we were talking about how many kids died in those residential schools in the fifties, which was just mm-hmm. after World War Two ended. And they said you the odds of you dying under the care of those schools was higher than the odds of you dying in world fighting in World War Two. That's crazy. That's how much many more people yeah. like the percentage of people that like kids that just either disappeared or died because of tuberculosis right. or or whatever. Um mm-hmm higher chance of dying in the cares of these schools than going off and fighting in World War Two. So, yeah, that's freaking crazy. crazy. Nuts shit. Yeah. So, we are about out of time. Um, I did mention the Queen of England and how she connected to all of this. Um, so, the story goes that in 1963, uh, I think, and apparently there's witnesses, there's eyewitnesses that are still alive to this. Um, she stopped at paid a visit to a couple of these schools in Canada. She was on her little tour, her and her husband. Uh, one of them was the Loop School, which is the one that the Pope actually went to to apologize for. Um, and they all went out on a picnic with a bunch of the kids. And then a couple of students say the Queen and her husband like got up with like 10 of the students and like walked out into the woods, and those students never came back. Hmm. And that's the end of the story. That's kind of but creepy. this has been snoped and fact checked, and obviously it didn't oh, actually happen. Yeah. But there's plenty of eyewitnesses, like several eyewitnesses that say, "No, this did happen. She did come here," and so hmm. that's the story. I don't know how much you've heard of that. I've heard. I,
1: I remember we talked about it when the the story first broke. Yeah, we talked about it a little. You bit. You hadn't
0: heard about that before.
1: Uh, just when we talked about it on the show, I think we it was was it a year ago? I think we talked about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, because that's when it came out to begin with. Cause, oh, was 64, because this guy, he says, um, he's 58 years old. He said, in September of 64, when he was 12, he says, I was an inmate, what was that? I don't know. It's At the Kamloops School, and we, visited, we were visited by the Queen of England and Prince Philip. I remember it was strange, because they came by themselves, with no big fanfare or nothing. But I recognized them, and the school principal told us it was the Queen, and we all were given new clothes and good food for the first time in months the day before she arrived. Fattening them up. Yes, apparently. <laughs> the day she got to the school, I was part of a group of kids who went on a picnic with the queen and her husband and school officials down to a meadow near Dead Man's Creek. Great. That's, yeah. After a while, I saw the queen leave that picnic with ten children from the school, and those children never returned. We never heard anything more about them and never saw them again, even when we were older. They were all from around... Uh, there but they all vanished the group that disappeared was seven boys and three girls the age from six to fourteen I don't remember their names just an occasional first name like Cecilia and there was an Edward what happened was also witnessed by my friend George Adolph who was eleven at the time and a student there too so hmm. what do you think of that I mean we had to end I don't on a know why the note. kid's name was Adolf. <laughs> I don't know Uh, It's probably his. It was his last name, American birth given name or Canadian birth given name. Say,
1: Um, no, that's that's creepy. And I mean, it goes back to things we've talked about in the past for sure. Yes,
0: so Mm. so a lot of shitty things happening to those kids. Yeah, but I think the bigger story isn't necessarily the Queen of England eating them, but it's (laughs) the all the other horrible things. They probably got off better, to be honest, because (laughs) they. Yeah, no, maybe. Maybe they went off with her and they offended her somehow and she got pissed and so the maybe the like school personnel like beat them to death or something. Yeah, I, I could right. see something like that happening where yeah. it's just like Maybe she took them to the woods and she's like, Run, run. Or, or that, maybe, <laughs> but I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> but maybe there she was like, hey, Do you guys uh are you guys treated well here? And they're like, No. <laughs> and then she's just like, Oh, and then she left and then they got beat to death and buried so i (laughs) i don't know you said what to the queen yes yeah right right. so that's that's my my conspiracy theory for for this episode
1: yes Uh, i i I like it so like it
0: progress (laughs) (laughs) that's about all the time we have though um like i said a lot of shit Happens in the name of "quote unquote" progress, and yeah. again, I I gotta point out that these people, whether it's Hawaii, whether it's Canadian, whether it's the United States, they lived for centuries just fine without our progress that we imposed on them. Right. They they lived on the land, they they dwelled, they they were successful, they succeeded, they had cultural culturally vibrant societies. Mm-hmm. And then we come and progressed the land to their demise mm-hmm. to where they could no longer even like exist on it. And it's yeah. just like I, I don't even know how the word progress can be used. I mean, right. yet, financial progress for certain people, sure,
1: right, which is usually what it means.
0: I mean, there's tech obviously we have more technological progress than they had back then, but mm-hmm. still they were doing just fine without it. Yeah. and all the technology is for. Isn't necessarily to make our lives easier, it's to make more money for the people that make the money. They don't give a shit if our lives are easy. Right. They just give a shit about selling you more junk. Right. So
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Any final thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah. Just um real quick, um, if you guys have a chance, check out um it's um the red hand. It's uh, it's murdered and missing indigenous women. Hmm. Uh, it's a it's a support group that's come together the last couple of years um, just to kind of make people known about this they call it an epidemic of this um just mass amounts of um you know indigenous women just um, being trafficked, yeah murdered and like I said um you know number three cause of death is being murdered um, unfortunately a lot of it doesn't get reported because they're indigenous and they're not they don't
0: trust the government exactly. to, with to
1: handle it. Right, exactly. Yeah. So
0: Let's see. We got a comment before we go. Hey, it's my mom. She showed us cats. Hey, that I seems love appropriate. Cats.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you would like. You are a cat guy.
1: Uh, you know, I, I'm 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 kind of closet cat person. I know. So. You're not that much in the closet either. <laughs> Check out what was that called? Uh, it's red hand. It's and a, it's murdered and miss. Um, Murdered and missing Indigenous women. Otherwise, check out that documentary
0: that I told you about, which is um, that Unrepentant. It's Kevin Annette and Canada's genocide. It talks more about the school and and the the atrocities that mm-hmm. happened and exposing that, and then the church cover up and stuff. I would love to see the Catholic Church actually investigate this and actually expose something, but right. their history doesn't show that. No, no, no. And the Canadian government's not. No, yeah, no. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint. So <laughs> we gotta get out of here for this week. Make sure you check us out all over the social medias. Let us know what you think about all this. Again, this was a different episode, but it kind of tied we, we yeah. tied it back well, I think. I think so too. Um, and it's just a topic I was interested in. Yeah. And sometimes that you're gonna get that. Absolutely because I didn't want to talk about Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan or the new gun bill that passed in the House, or I, I guess Biden blew up some al-Qaeda today. Did you oh, hear yeah, that? Oh,
1: yeah, um, Zoh- 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 yeah. I don't know. was taken out, and he, I guess he was implicated with 9-11. Oh, okay. Supposedly. Well, yeah,
0: so I didn't want to talk about yeah, that shit. I don't blame you. I want to talk about something I want to talk about, yeah. which happened to be this at the time. Yes, so.
1: and I think this is perfect.
0: Yeah, well, it started out, I just was reading on this stuff, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I should probably switch topics and actually Just read. some light reading. You're yeah. sitting up at night. <laughs> no, well, I... Stumbled across, like I said, that Pope right. article. And so I was just looking into some of all this stuff. And then I was like, I really got to start preparing and figuring out what I want to talk about for the show. Mm. And then I kept reading this stuff. And then I was like, might as well do a show on it, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. I know it's in your heritage hat you've got mm. Native American background and I didn't know your grandma went to the schools. So, yeah. so definitely have some connections to that. So I knew
1: you'd, you'd be interested too. So yeah, hopefully definitely.
0: you all were interested. If not, it's my show. <laughs> um, come back next week. Maybe we'll uh, interest you more. If,
1: you're just a heartless monster. If it didn't interest you, <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> have a great rest of your week. We will catch you here. I think we're, are we, Doing the weekend wrap
1: up this week? Uh, yeah, let's I, let's. I think
0: we're kicking it back off the right. weekend wrap up this week because there is other shit out there to talk about. Yeah, um, we'll be collecting
1: our duties. We have
0: that'll be live sometime this weekend. Yeah. That's where we wrap up the week on the weekend, as it the name suggests. Yes. Otherwise, <laughs> be back here next Monday night for another mainstream episode. Mainstream, main episode, main live stream, main live stream oh, yes. episode. That there that's you go. Not mainstream. Another main episode streamed live, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, just like every other week. Um, otherwise, enjoy the rest of your week. Peace. Goodbye. The
1: Break the Bell Podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back, because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zelinsky, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie
0: Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout-out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, Beyond the, the Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your earholes. And as always, never stop
1: talking.